0: Is there like a grooming mode like Pokemon and me where you can like scrub the horse's balls or like brush them?
1: Hello, everybody,
2: and welcome to another episode of the Geekscape Games podcast, the number one video game podcast on the Network. believe it or not. Uh, this is level 176, fittingly titled, Let's See How Long Derek Talks About Red Dead Redemption 4. Um, that's right, we're back. It's a new week. It's a new show. We have a lot to talk about. It looks like we've played a lot of games. Um, I'm your host, Derek, and with me today, we've got uh, Courtney Dossett. Hi. How are you? Good. Good. Is that your cat? That's no. my cat. That's Jake's cat. All right, Jake. How's your? How are you and your cat?
1: Uh, we're pretty good. He's kind of what's vocal. Your, we'll see how it goes.
2: What, why? What's happening?
1: Uh, nothing's what is, what happening. Going
3: he wants attention. I don't
1: know. Send help.
2: <laughs> uh more pets. and Oh, more pets. He needs more pets. Like another. <laughs> like more cats or more, like like yes. petting. I, yes. Yeah.
1: I pe- yes. He gets enough pets. <laughs> yes, to both. He, he needs more friends.
2: Uh, and we also have the classic
0: joshua jackson joshua
1: how is
0: how is bang dream this week uh terrible i'll, have to t- I'll tell you guys about it in a little bit it's, <laughs> it's become unplayable for me
2: oh my god guys i don't, don't, don't want to hear anything else josh what have you been playing
0: this week um well i've been trying to play bang dream but i don't know what happened uh basically our bedroom tv broke down so we rearranged our bedroom to put our bigger living room tv in its place And somehow, some way, even though everything's in the exact same spot, everything's hooked up in the same spots, our router all of a sudden is really, really shitty. And our videos will freeze while we play and all of that. And that includes when I try to play my cell phone games, mostly Bang Dream. (laughs) It's like if I try to play on multiplayer, it'll just I'll be in the middle of a song and it'll just say connection lost. And then I lose. I get no credit for the match. I get no points. I lose my like every time. Cur- almost every time since we've rearranged the, uh, since we put in the other TV into our room. And I don't understand why, and it's really, really frustrating. So I actually have almost, uh, I think I had two weeks left in my billing period for my cell phone data, and I had already almost uh, used all of it for the month because I was just playing yeah. through through the LTE and not the Wi-Fi. Yeah. Oh jeez. Oh, no. And now, now a new event just started where this one is versus focus, so I have to play against other people. So mm-hmm. there's no way around playing the multiplayer aspect of it if I want to enjoy the current event that's up. But I can literally only play when I'm like at school or I'll have to go to like a Starbucks to connect to Wi-Fi unless I want to <laughs> co- pay like $100 in internet overage fees. Yeah. So yeah, it's fucking terrible. And one of my favorite characters is the uh, character focus on it right now. So it's oh, all around man. miserable.
2: So ah, oh, that sucks. So how does it like... Like have you contacted your ISP?
0: Uh no. no? I haven't contacted. <laughs> well, it's weird because the, the actual modem's fine. Like I have my PlayStation hardwired and mm-hmm. there's no problem with that. It's just right. this router. Oh weird. And like I said too, I have no idea why because it's we like we didn't drop it or break it. It's plugged mm-hmm. in the exact same spot, exact same cables, mm-hmm. exact same modem that it's plugged into. Mm-hmm. and it's not just our phones that is doing it it's like when we try to stream video it's like freezing for five minutes at a time before oh, we okay connect. yeah yeah so i don't know what the deal is we probably have to buy another router but for now i can't comfortably pay it's like I, i'm going to school at this point so i could play bang dream <laughs> so i could have reliable internet <laughs> to play bang dream so like, i have been late to class a couple times because i was trying to finish gotta, like burn all my in-game
2: energy yeah. before oh man well i'm glad in any case that it's like like, you were like, I can't play it anymore. I thought that the game was ruined for some reason. Like, that it was bad now. Something happened. And I'm glad that's not the case. And that at some point, you will be able to return to your previously scheduled banging.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, they did do a new update that seemed to make the game run slower. but Oh, really? That's manageable. If just the internet would work.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: But well, yeah. that's unfortunate. It was my... It was my... It was, it was what was pushing me forward to get through each day, and now I don't even have that anymore. Oh, man. So... (laughs) But what I do have, aside from Bang Dream, is Starlink, which I'm really excited to talk about. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Have you guys played it at all or anything? Uh,
2: No, I checked out the toys at PAX West. They looked pretty awesome. But aside from that, I have not played it, and I was actually looking forward to your impressions because it looks fucking badass and i need i need a new toys to life uh title in my life
0: yeah it's i mean i never really played no man's sky but it feels like how no man's sky was described before it released except like it's a complete game kind of but right like the way that it the way that it works and i'm playing on the switch version so it integrates um Fox like the whole team into the story mode and it's weird because I mean, you could kind of tell, like you could cut out the Star Fox scenes and see how the story would come together without them, mm-hmm. and they're not exactly needed. But that the way the way that they're integrated into the cutscenes are really seamless, as if essentially, like the game starts with the crew of the, like the main crew of the game that's original to the game gets attacked, and they have to like find energy to be able to repair their mothership. That's kind of how the game starts. But then while they're being attacked, like the Star Fox team happens to just be flying by and they're like, oh, it looks like they need our help. And then they get sucked into it. And then the characters are interacting. It's not like one of those things where in a lot of games there'll be guest characters and their interactions will be so disconnected from the rest of the story that it feels like they're not even really part of it.
2: Okay. But on this
0: one, it's like the main characters are having conversations with them back and forth and they're kind of dropping hints at their universe. Like they treat it as if it's all the same universe too. It's not like... And we're going to talk about Soul Calibur in a little bit, but how with Soul Calibur and Geralt and Tubi coming up, it's always usually like, and even in previous Soul Calibur games with like Link and Spawn and all that, it's always like, oh, this character got pulled in like through a portal from their world into this one, and then as soon as they're done fighting, they just go back home. It's like,
1: mm-hmm.
0: like the way that the story is put together is like Star Fox and Star Link are in the same universe, which I thought was a really cool way to integrate them. Um, Mm -hmm. but as far as the gameplay itself, it's definitely, I've only played it for like an hour or two, but it already feels like the most like involved in depth toys of life game that's ever been out really because I mean with Skylanders, like Disney infinity was mostly a like level, like a level creation tool and it had like story modes and uh, like single player levels that were essentially just serving as frameworks to give you ideas on what to build or how to build. And then Skylanders, a lot of the, with a few exceptions, I think superchargers was a really good game on its own, but the large majority of the Skylanders games were just like bare minimum beat ups that mm. solely, they felt like they existed to sell toys and that they made them, they put in enough gameplay to match what they would consider the bare minimum of it being a video game. Yeah. But like Starlink, it, it's it's like this it's hard to describe but it's like an open world outer space game yep and each i think i can't remember i think there were six or seven planets in total and each planet has its own atmosphere its own wildlife its own enemies and you get bonus points and experience for uh exploring the planets logging the wildlife like logging the environment and that kind of stuff on top of fighting Mm -hmm. and where the toys of life aspect comes in is that different enemies will have different weaknesses. So it's like, if you, if they're weak to fire, you could swap your weapons out for like a flamethrower. So it'll do extra damage. Or if you combine certain types of weapons, like the default packaging is a flamethrower and like an ice missile. So if you freeze them first and then shoot them with an, or launch an explosive at them, or if you, uh, if you freeze them first and then hit them with fire, sometimes it'll, those certain combinations do extra damage and that kind of stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, if like, as far as the individual ships are concerned, it's like any pilot, like each individual pilot is their own toy and they have, they give your ship a special ability. Okay. And then the ship itself will have like different armor settings and speed and that kind of stuff. But if the ship gets destroyed, then you have to like swap out to another ship or you have to restart the mission kind of like some other toys. Like like (laughs) Skylanders, if your character dies, you, you're you're in Skylanders, your lives are the amount of toys you have. So your ships kind of serve that role in this game oh, too.
2: Oh, that's interesting.
0: Yeah. And then the cool thing about the Star Fox, like the R-wing ship, is that every other ship in Starlink, if you don't plug in a... T- uh, cause, let me back up a little bit. The way that the toys are, if if for anyone that's unfamiliar, you have the ship and then the wings have different slots where you can interchange the weapons. But if So it's two different types of toys, essentially. Well, three, really. Mm-hmm. There's a pilot toy, a ship toy, and a weapon toy that all kind of plug into each other. But if you don't have any weapons plugged into your ship, you won't have any way of shooting for every other regular ship in the game. But with the star, with the R-Wing from Star Fox, if you don't plug in any weapons, it has its full uh, moveset from the actual Star Fox games, which I thought was like a really cool touch to it. That is pretty neat. Because I, I actually... Oh, sorry, go ahead.
2: Uh, no, you finish.
0: I was going to say I actually got a chance to go to Nintendo's... Um, pr office where they were demoing some of their holiday games a few weeks back Mm -hmm. and i got to talk with the head developer of starlink for a little bit and i thought it was really cool how passionate they were because they said they've been working on this game for like five years they pretty much built the technology from the Mm -hmm. ground up so that the that the weapons appear instantly like with skylanders for anyone who hasn't played that like the game would completely freeze when you remove a character from the portal it it would just stop the game completely when you're switching but this one, it's like when you plug in the weapons uh, or when you unplug weapons, you can still play while you're doing it. And it's all completely, mm-hmm. it's like a completely seamless transition. That's pretty neat. So it's it's really, really well done. Like they were saying that they wanted to make sure to integrate Star Fox in a meaningful way and to the point where they actually had to fly out to Kyoto and meet with Miyamoto to pitch their vision mm-hmm. of how they oh, would wow. integrate Star Fox. so, I think in, so I think in regards
2: to, sorry. Oh, sorry, go ahead. In regards to like the toys and how they're sold, for instance, so are there a lot of like, like there's the ships. Do you buy other ships, and do those come with guns, or can you buy guns and pilots separately, or is it like a like you buy a ship and it comes with a pilot and guns, and you can kind of mix and match, or how is that kind of laid out?
0: Yeah, so each ship is packaged with it looks like one weapon and one one or two weapons, and then one pilot, mm-hmm. and all of the pilots that are packaged with the ships are only available through the ship packaging okay so and there's two exceptions actually there's two pilots that you could get both individually and with their ships but those are both retailer exclusives okay so like one ship's a gamestop exclusive and comes with a pilot that you could buy individually and then there's another target exclusive one that comes with Mm -hmm. a different pilot that you could get individually but aside from i think there's one weapon in the target pack that's also that you could also get individually but for the most part they did a pretty good job of keeping everything separate, I guess. Okay. So there's a couple of weapons packs. There's a couple of pilots that you could only get individually and then there's a series of ships. And all and again all the ships come with a pilot and a few weapons also.
2: And and so what if you were buying like a weapon pack, do you know what that retails for?
0: Uh the weapons pack I think retails for about ten dollars. That's not bad. Let me let me pull it up. I know the ships are twenty five and the individual pilots are eight. And, oh, yeah, here it is. So the weapons packs are ten dollars, so weapons are ten, yeah, that's bad. and those come with two weapons apiece for the individual pack. The pilots are eight dollars seven ninety nine and then mm-hmm. the ship with the pilot and the weapons twenty five That's not too bad and anyone who has who still has that best buy discount program, they get ten percent <laughs> off of that too, so it's like, so I'm probably gonna try to buy all the ships before mine expires at the end of November, yeah, I'm just, I'm just going crazy with my spending right now. I'm like. I'm losing yeah, my twenty percent, I'm probably you're also gonna going crazy after this.
2: You're also going crazy with your savings, so.
0: Yeah, I guess so. You know, I got. Did I tell you guys I got a scholarship for making too much money?
3: No. What? <laughs> what?
0: Yeah, and I didn't. It wasn't anything I had to apply for either. Like, we filled out financial aid, and they're like, "You don't qualify for financial aid because my wife makes too much money." But the good news is, because you make too much money, we're going to give you more money. <laughs> so they <laughs> sent me a make scholarship.
3: Goddamn sense.
0: So yeah, it doesn't make sense. I felt you could buy a lot of game, you could buy a lot of games with that scholarship. Yeah, I know. I felt really weird about it, but I mean, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and then but yeah, that's about oh, another last thing about Starlink is that it has a co it has a co-op mode. Oh, really? So um you can play like any well one uh, back up again a little bit any ship and any weapon and any pilot that you load up into the game gets saved into your menus. So you can okay. completely play without Swapping toys. Like once you've scanned mm-hmm. that toy in at least once, you can play completely digitally after that. So if you want to swap ships, you don't have to have every ship with you at all times, or you don't okay. have, to have every pilot or weapon with you physically at all times.
2: How does that? How does that prevent like a friend from bringing over their different ship That's and you just kind of tapping tapping that toy and getting access to it?
0: I think there's a week period. Oh, okay. Like, so you it's don't, temporary. You have to rescan it. Like with the I, I asked them this at the PR event. And I think they said, with the exception of the launch, like the, with the launch ones, there's no restrictions, right? Because everyone, everyone will have that it with the game. Yeah. But anything that's not a launch piece, um, if you don't rescan it within seven days, they're going to ask you to rescan it again.
2: Uh, and okay. you that's also have
0: bad. the option to buy them digitally. So if you don't want the yeah. physical toys, or if you don't want to, if you don't want to bother like swapping them out and all of that oh, in okay. seven days, or if you try a friend's weapon and really like it, but you don't want to buy the physical toy, you can buy them uh digitally and then you'll just have them permanently in your game unlocked.
2: So are they and are they cheaper?
0: Uh that I don't know because I haven't looked into the store like the digital store yet. I okay, would hope I think so the, because uh, you're not getting the toy.
1: I think the digital yeah, deluxe right. edition was going for like 90 bucks or something which came with all the uh physical stuff.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. So if that's the case then yeah, that's what an extra 20 like an extra $15 for all the digital stuff. So yeah, that's way cheaper if you do it that way.
1: Yeah, I thought it was significantly less expensive than buying all the toys.
0: Yeah, for sure. But then you don't get sweet toys, and the ships are really, really detailed. I don't know. I know Derek. You said you yeah, saw. Yeah, I that saw packs, them. They but... were really
2: detailed. It looked really cool. They looked really cool.
0: Like the R wing, honestly, kind of reminds me of the Animal Crossing R wing model that you could put in your room. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> like the thing about the thing about the digital thing though, that's kind of disappointing is that you have that ahead of time. You have to choose one or the other. Like you can't have mm-hmm. your physical ship plugged in and then say, "I want to swap weapons digitally." You mm-hmm. either have to unplug your toy altogether, or and play all physical or you have or play all digital i mean or if you play yeah. or if you plug the toy in you have to have all your toys with you you can't like do half and half okay which is kind of yeah. lame and they don't really explain that in the game so it took me a while wondering why the hell megan could switch weapons digitally because she was player two without the toy t- attached and then i'm sitting there mm-hmm. with the wing wondering why the hell i can't equip like my flamethrower or whatever so that's that's like the one thing and then the other thing about co-op is despite the game being like an open world game, it's like the two ships. If you're playing co-op can't get that far from each other without the game telling you to come back to each other. Sure. So it makes it really weird where it's such a large, like each planet's fairly large. And then uh, when you're when you're transitioning between planets, like there's no, like there's really no like menus or loading screens. Like you literally will Mm -hmm. fly outside the atmosphere and then fly through outer space and physically move to another planet and then fly back into its atmosphere. So there was a lot of times where like I was trying to fly into outer space, but Megan was trying to collect, oh, like, oh, let me see what this little block is over here. Maybe it's something important. And then all of a sudden she would teleport to me or I would teleport to her or the screen would get all fuzzy because they do like a static, like, uh, like comms interference type animation if you get too far from each other at first. Yeah. So it's kind of hard to play co-op in an open ended game when they pretty much force you to be like tethered to each other.
2: So and is there like gameplay wise, is there like is it all inside of the ship or can you get out and walk around and stuff like that? Or what is the actual gameplay like in that regard?
0: No, it's you can't get out of the ship. But once you're on the planet, the ships basically have two modes. They have the free flying one where you can just fly in and out of the atmosphere and, you know, as high into the air as you want. And then there's the essentially like a hover mode where the ship starts controlling more like a really fast tank where you're hovering or like slightly over the ground and then you just kind of strafe back and forth like left right up and down and rotate while and that's like the main mode of transportation when you're exploring the land masses and trying to find the either ground-based enemies or like the wildlife that you want to scan and all that yeah so it kind of feels like in a way it kind of feels like two different games in the way that they control and the way that you approach it but it's all just kind of rolled into like one seamless transition when you move from one style to the other
2: okay yeah that's pretty cool but yeah it's really so it's a fun time so far it's
0: really really good like it's way more than i would have expected from a toys of life game at this point like since i was saying in the beginning a lot of them are mm-hmm. do the bare minimum to be considered video games and they just feel like avenues to sell toys more than anything whereas this mm-hmm. one really feels like it's like a legit uh, a legit video game that has the toys as a part of it but even without, if you only buy the starter pack, like there is so much to the game. Okay, yeah. And then next, to, aside from that, I've been playing Soul Calibur Six a lot. <laughs> it's not much, not much to say about it.
2: Have you <laughs> made a lizard man yet?
0: <laughs> uh, no. I've tried to make evil from New Japan. Okay, yeah. Because he comes down to the ring with a giant scythe. That he, it's like, why come to the ring with a giant scythe if you are just going to put it down? So I was yeah. like, why don't I just create him in Soul Calibur? I had Megan make him and he looks really cool but for some reason the name change won't stick so we keep changing his name to evil but when we save it it keeps going back to spencer which is like the default so now we and so we just gave up and instead of ch- instead of trying to force spencer's name to be changed to evil just whenever we're watching new japan we just call <laughs> evil spencer now so so that's that's his new name like we were watching the hype video for jericho versus evil and we i sent the text to megan i was like oh did you see the did you see the hype video <laughs> for Jericho versus Spencer? Yeah, she's like she. Yeah, but it's pretty cool. Like, I don't know. It's weird because the game seemed to have gone in the opposite direction of the previous Soul Caliber. The previous yeah. one had very little single player content and more uh, create a character content and online content. Mm-hmm. Whereas this one has two, like, depending how you look at it, you could even say three different story modes. Like, I didn't
2: realize there was a story mode.
0: Yeah, there's one. There's one where it follows a linear path where it switches your perspective depending where it is in the story mode. So okay. that's like the main story mode. And then within that same mode, you can pick individual characters and then they all have their own individual story aside from the larger overarching one. Mm-hmm. And then aside from that, there's a different, there's a, another story mode where you create a character mm-hmm. and play as that character interacting with all of the main roster characters and that kind of stuff. hmm so there's a lot of single-player content. It's, it is it is kind of weird because I did cut some of the, like, staple single-player content, like survival mode and time attack and all of that kind of stuff. Okay. But we essentially, like I said, we essentially have three story modes if you count the individual character mode and then the overarching story mode is separate, which I yeah. kind of do, even though they're wrapped in the yeah. same mode. And the fighting's real solid. The game's gorgeous. I mean, Soul Calibur was my favorite 3D fighting game for a long time, but five kind of sucked. Uh, but I feel like this one's kind of back on the right track. It does it's kind great. of have a small roster. It's missing a lot of key characters, which is unfortunate. And the uh, level selection's really small, which sucks too. But like overall, just from like the fighting standpoint, like I'm still not a fan that they added super moves to the game, which was a carryover from five and they're still here. There's like a reversal mechanic that's kind of like Injustice's clash system a little bit where mm-hmm. like you hit each other and then a rock, paper, scissors like um battles kind of starts where like a kick will beat a a horizontal slash and a horizontal slash will beat a vertical slash and that kind of stuff so like some of that stuff i'm not the biggest fan of because of to me like soul Calibur was always fun with how tense and fast paced it was so all of the like 2d fighting game mechanics that they're putting into it aren't the greatest but i overall i think it's a really good step in the right direction and i'm super excited for like i don't buy as we've talked about before i don't really buy season passes that much but I feel like I'm about right. to so I can get to be into the game which we'll talk about later but yeah like I'm pretty hooked on it right now whenever the whenever I get a chance to play games at home which isn't that often lately.
2: And so so yeah so that's I mean it's I like that it's it, so do you think in terms of it being better this time around was it is it has it just like was five like a back to basics and they've evolved on that or has it gone closer to what it was before that or what what do you think the misstep with 5 was
0: Well with with 5 for 1 like Soul Calibur has always been known to be to be a game that has a huge robust amount of single player content with tons of things to unlock mm, okay. and Soul Calibur 5 almost got rid of that completely and really yeah, which which really rubbed people the wrong way like this one I haven't played the create a character story mode that far yet so I don't know yeah. if it has as much unlockable content as the previous ones but from what I've read I don't think it has as much like, okay. it has a lot of stages, but the stuff that you unlock in the stages isn't as plentiful as some of the classic ones were. But with that said, another big problem with Soul Calibur Five was that it tried to do a story mode. Like, the story of the game, the little bit of story that it did have, tried to do a th- scenario where it skipped 20 years ahead in the future. So uh-huh. because of that, like, the large majority of the cast was gone and re- replaced with, like, the... I don't know how to say it, like, Muppet Baby versions of it, where it's, like, all of their apprentices oh. and children of the past characters who didn't fight this who who sorry who fought kind of the same but not really so sure. it's like a bunch of people's favorite characters are just completely gone there's all these characters that nobody had an attachment to and since there was no real single player story mode com- uh, compared to the previous games it was like kind of like why care about all these new characters
3: so sure, everyone yeah, just got angry
0: sense. and wanted their old characters back which is One thing, one weird thing that the game does do with the story is that this game story goes back in time and it takes place in between Soul Calibur one and two, so it's almost like just a a retelling of old games, but with better graphics Mm -hmm. from the story standpoint. But then they're adding extra like retcons and uh, details to kind of give veteran players new story content, despite it taking place in a game in between games that came out like ten years ago. (laughs)
2: Okay, that's interesting. I didn't realize how story-oriented the series had been in the past.
0: Yeah, like, the one disappointing, now that you mentioned the story, one disappointing thing, too, is when you first start the game, it has a really cool-looking cutscene of the ending of Soul Blade, which was, to make things more confusing, Soul Calibur 6 is actually the seventh game in the series. (laughs) Oh,
3: yeah. The very first
0: one was called Soul Edge, and then they did a re-, uh, like, an expanded version of it called Soul Blade. Mm -hmm. And so the- Opening cutscene is this really cool, detailed, animated um, version of the ending of Soul Blade, which they've never done. They've never animated before. I think they just would tell it through text usually. Okay. So I was like, oh, cool. This is how the story mode is going to be. But then after that cutscene, the rest of the story scenes, save for a a very small amount of scenes that go through the story, are just like character portraits with text. So that was like a huge letdown after they kind of set you up with that cool scene in the beginning. But yeah, other than that though, it's it's a really really fun game to play. Like if anyone's mm-hmm. an old like a lapsed fan or has the slightest bit of interest in 3D fighting games, I think it's a really good one to pick up. It's back. Mm, yeah, for sure. It's back. And then last, I didn't play too much of it so I won't have too much to say. Plus it's a 10-year-old game, but I picked up The <laughs> World Ends With You on Switch. Which has anyone played that game in any of its versions? No.
2: I feel like I bought it on iPhone years ago and I don't know if I ever opened it and I don't think it even works anymore. Yeah like
0: like... I bought it three times on the DS on the iPad and now on the Switch.
2: I think I might have bought it on DS as well but I've never played
0: it. Yeah so basically in the game you're in Tokyo you're playing as these kids who are invisible to everybody else and they have to accomplish certain goals within a time frame or, or else they're erased and so in the the big gimmick when it came out on the 3DS was that it's like a, essentially it's an action RPG and you control one character on the bottom screen. And while the other character was controlled on the top screen, essentially. Uh-huh. So now that it's not on DS, the switch version is essentially an adaptation of the, uh, the iOS and the mobile version of it where okay. it adapts it to work with a single screen. But instead of having control of both characters at the same time, the second character just comes in as kind of a, su- a temporary support character. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And with the Switch version, and the main reason I got the Switch version is, again, going back to co-op, The instead of having limited control of the second player, it gives you an option to play co-op and have a second player fully control your partner. Mm-hmm. So it gets, it gets hectic because all of the moves are active. Since it's based off of a touchscreen control, all of the motions now are done through the motion control on the Switch Joy-Cons. So it's like you have to draw certain patterns to activate certain attacks and Oh yeah. So yeah. it gets kind of crazy. Right, are, they,
2: he, are the motions similar to what the like the shapes were that you were drawing on the on the three? Yeah,
0: they're exactly the same. Which like the biggest problem I've had is there's one attack where you're just supposed to slash the screen, but every time I would try to do it, like it wouldn't work unless I did this really deliberate like back and forth movement, which wasn't necessary on the DS. Like you could just quickly swipe in one direction, and it would work. So that was kind of frustrating. And okay, yeah. And then seeing seeing both characters on the screen at the same time with two curses flying around and all these effects going off while enemies are attacking you and you're trying to avoid enemy attacks all at the same time gets kind of crazy but like overall i'm glad that i bought it because the co-op even though it does get hectic and hard to tell what's happening sometimes so far has been really really fun and kind of breathes new life into the game for me which was cool because i've never beat it but i played quite a bit of it on both ds and ios before eventually just getting distracted and i was worried that maybe i was like maybe I was worried that buying it a third time wasn't going to really add much and I was just kind of throwing money away cuz I was trying to get it take advantage of my best buy thing but <laughs> now that now that I spent time playing it in the co-op mode I think it's really fun and it's worth if you nice. if you never if you've never played it definitely get it or check it out at least and if you have played it before if you have someone to play it with it's worth checking out again also because when you beat so- the game there's supposed to be an an extra scenario and like a epilogue that wasn't in any other version okay
2: so. Uh, so it looks like the game, for instance, is still, it is on iOS still. That being a touch-enabled device, would you say, like, do you think playing it on the Switch would be better or playing it on, like, an iPad or something would be preferable just because it does still have a touchscreen on it?
0: Well, the weird thing about the Switch version is it does still have a touchscreen, too, but it's, yeah. you can only obviously play the touchscreen in handheld mode. And if you're playing handheld, you it disables co-op altogether if you're playing handheld. Yeah. Okay. So it's like the only way to play co-op is if you're doing it either docked or, um, or on the TV. But if you do it either mm-hmm. way, it's gonna it's gonna disable the touch screen controls, and you're gonna be stuck with the motion controls, which don't always work as reliably. Oh but yeah, yeah. But I guess that's a factor too, though, because on the iOS version, it's a lot cheaper. I think it retails for fifty dollars yeah. on Switch, where it's like last time I checked, it was like fifteen on iOS. Yeah, it's
2: 25 in the Canadian store right now. So.
0: Yeah, and, and what would it probably be like 60 on 60 or 70 on Switch?
2: Yeah. Yeah, seven uh did it release full price on Switch? It's $10. Down it's
0: there? $10 cheaper, which still is kind of overpriced because it came out on DS for 30 like 10 years ago. Yeah. And yeah. it came out on yeah. iOS for Jeez. 15, but it's coming out on Switch for 50.
2: Yeah, so if it was 50 there, it'll be probably 60 here or 70.
0: Right, yeah. But yeah, it's like I said, the, that, I feel like this is the version to pick up if you plan on playing co-op, but you're probably good with mm-hmm. the iOS version if you're just going to play by yourself. Nice. And that's pretty much it. Which
2: was last updated. The iOS version was last updated two years ago. Okay,
1: yeah. <laughs> I mean, the game's been out for a while, though, right? Yeah.
2: Last, last, update, is, last update says iOS 9 support added. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what are we at now? Like 12.5? 12,
2: yeah. 12.1. Oh, yeah. Okay.
0: Oh, one cool thing, too, in case anyone didn't realize, back when we used to always be all about Street Pass, I think The World Ends With You is one of the first games that have Street Pass functionality before the 3DS even existed.
2: No way. It had
0: like, I don't, There was, like, maybe five games that had what was essentially what would become Street Pass on the DS. And it's like if you walked by other players, you could get abilities and powers from them if you walked by. Who? But the thing that sucked about, like, the DS's version of Street Pass is your game had to be on all the time. So oh, like geez. if you
2: So it lasted like two hours. Yeah, pretty
0: much. Because if you closed if you turn that function on and then you closed your DS, the DS screens wouldn't turn off. Like it would, oh, would stay on while it was closed because it was it wouldn't have a way to pick up the data if it was in sleep mode. Whereas of course mm-hmm. with as we know with the three D S, like, it was designed so that you would have it in sleep mode and it would still search for search for street passes while you walked around. So Mm-hmm. unfortunately neither the ios and obvi- i feel like you should go without saying but unfortunately the ios version and the switch versions don't have that function but i mean that's just a cool little like uh, piece of trivia for the game it was if it wasn't the first it was one of the first and i think there's only like maybe three cool. or four games that even had it throughout the ts's whole lifespan yeah um, i don't think any of them were nintendo oddly enough that's pretty weird but, but yeah that's pretty much all cool. i have to say for what i've been playing
2: cool that's uh, some good stuff. I hope you get banging again soon. I'm trying. Like, as soon as as soon as soon
0: the podcast is over, I'm
2: going to try to bang some more.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, and with that, Jake, what have you been playing?
1: Uh, I've been playing some more Diablo. It's more Diablo. I don't really think we have to talk a whole lot about it. Uh, still mid-season 15. Um, I, I think Courtney and I, I think we just hit level 60.
2: Out of how many levels?
1: Uh, 70. Before you start getting to wow. like end game stuff,
2: and did you guys start at one?
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, so wow. we're almost to. That's dedication. It was like what four or five hours. Yeah. That's it. It
2: takes four or five hours to get from literally the beginning to almost the end game.
1: Yeah, you level up quite rapidly in adventure mode. That is in, that is so fast because you're not bound by story. You're just taking yeah. out mobs.
3: Yeah, you're doing like quests and just killing things. It's great if you're mad.
2: If you, sorry, you cut out if there. You're if you're, you're mad. A man, Oh, if you're, so mad, if okay. you're a
3: man, how would I know? Uh, I mean, it's Courtney. Comes that's out. a great question. She's not really a girl, she's been a man this whole time.
2: You can be whoever you want to be,
1: whatever works I for you.
3: Be Meghan Markle.
2: Except, like, no, I don't know if that's true in your country, but in our country,
1: oh! <laughs> oh!
3: shots fired. <laughs> you guys can't shoot, you're Canadian. You we can still
2: shoot. It. We're not, did you say we can't shoot? We're Canadian. Yeah, making a joke. yeah we're not allowed guns it's here.
1: Fine.
3: You are, but whatever. <laughs>
1: Um, yeah, it's, it's Diablo. I'm looking forward to trying it out on the Switch, uh, especially if they... Are you picking it up for Switch then? If we get cross-console play, I'll definitely pick it up.
2: Uh... What if they're going to add cross-console play if you buy it? And if you're waiting on cross-console play, they're not going to add it.
1: Then I won't pick it up.
2: But then it's your fault that they don't have it.
1: Yeah, well, it's probably going to be my fault anyway. Um... Yeah. It's Diablo. Uh, Hopefully we get something cool for it on the Switch crossplay be nice because a lot of my friends have it on xbox uh we've talked about that before. i have it on xbox exactly we could play diablo together
2: i feel like i i would like to play diablo again
1: we can do it i, I got it on pc though so you've got to go yeah so we
2: it. can't do it right now
1: not yet maybe one day no
2: that would be rad it's
1: not a question of if but when
2: i think it is a question of if though you're not wrong <laughs> unless you listen to that bethesda no blizzard employee <laughs> uh yeah not bethesda not
1: bethesda not everything is about bethesda derek
2: just most things
3: Just in your life. I,
0: I really need to play it. I got excited when you, were, when you were talking about playing it together and then you said Xbox and I have it on PlayStation. So that sucks. <laughs> well, I wanted that we Nathan get crossplay. That cross-play. Nathan oh, does it? We're hoping. No.
2: There, no. there, there have but been discussions. Maybe one day. There have been discussions.
1: Yeah. Uh, but BlizzCon is this weekend so hopefully we'll get something solid there. Or
2: Oh shit, they're going to announce it this weekend.
1: You heard it here Diablo first, folks. Diablo 4. Crossplay.
3: Diablo
2: four. Diablo, Diablo three crossplay edition. It's a new version, unfortunately, that you'll need to pick up. If this was Bethesda, uh, that would be including the Including on Switch, <laughs> and everyone would buy
1: That's it. Not so
3: true, you grumps.
1: How, how many versions of Skyrim have you bought? Two. How many versions are available?
3: I don't know. More than two.
1: Keep
2: talking. I'll count them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, there's the, there's the original release. There's the definitive, like the remaster, definitive the, definitive, the definitive edition, yeah. Switch version. Does the Alexa version count? That the
3: Alexa crazy. version one counts. It's like the best version of Skyrim.
2: I don't know if it does count, though, because you
1: can't what buy happened? that one.
3: Like,
2: that one is like for, for free.
1: <laughs> it is still a version of Skyrim that has been ported to a device. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, and the VR version, of
3: course.
1: The dopest version. Yeah. Was it? The VR version no. is the dopest version. <laughs> the Alexa version it, is so way it,
3: better. <laughs>
1: and it got a, a 360 and an Xbox One release?
3: Yeah.
1: Uh, yep. Yep.
2: And PS3 and PS4. Right, yeah.
1: I just mean like I wasn't
2: counting. I am. I'm
3: I'm sorry. I'm not against game makers putting out things for different consoles, and I think that's what Skyrim did. I think it's just because it's so old, they do it more often than not.
2: But it's still so good, though. It is. Like the first time that I played it, really, was on was when the Xbox One version came out. So the special edition for Xbox One, and as dated as like they they improved things a lot. Like it looked. Um, it was like in in full 4K on Xbox One X and everything like that, and it's nice and sharp. But it is still dated as fuck because it's like an eight year old game at this point. But like, and usually I'm like, oh, this game's really pretty. This is the game I'm going to prioritize or this is the game I'm going to play right now. But I could not put Skyrim down, and there was a lot of good and a lot of new and a lot of gorgeous stuff coming out, and Skyrim just took all of that from me. I got anyway.
1: nothing. I don't do Bethesda games. We you know. It's not my jam. I'm sorry. But what is my jam <laughs> is Spy Party. Holy crap! <laughs> uh, so Courtney and I put what two hours in?
3: Yeah, yeah, about
1: that.
2: This game's so was this the one you were talking about in Slack? Possibly.
3: No, this is okay. this is one that we that we went and looked at.
2: Oh, uh, you! I remember you talking about. So yeah, yeah,
1: okay, I remember. Um,
3: and Jake was a lot more jazzed for it than I was uh, initially, but it's really fun.
1: Are you more jazzed about it than I am now?
3: Oh, I think I feel like I am. I oh. feel like I could have kept playing.
1: I could totally keep playing too. Let's go play that right now. Okay. 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 Bye, guys.
3: We'll just quietly do it while while we're doing the episode. No one will. There will be too
1: much cursing. Um, so (laughs) just to give a quick overview, uh, it's a one v one multiplayer game, um, not couch co op, and one per.
2: It's PC only, right? So
1: far, yeah. Uh, it would be really cool to see it on other consoles, but it is only a one man dev team, uh, and Mm. I don't believe it's using Unity or Unreal. I think it's all custom coded. Um, so it's a two-player game, and one person plays as the spy at a, uh, like a house party sort of thing, uh, like a fancy to-do, uh, and they are there with a cast of, I would say, ten other guests, Courtney?
3: Depending on the one, yeah. Depending on what room you pick.
1: Yeah, ten to twelve different guests, um, and Mm -hmm. the spy has an amount of objectives that he has to perform, um... Like to to swap a statue out, or to bug somebody, or um, contact a double agent, Uh, and they they have to wander around and essentially pretend to be an AI while accomplishing these goals, because the other player is playing the sniper who didn't get invited to the party, Uh, and he is super sore about that, so he sits outside the party and can see everybody with his sniper rifle and laser scope, and has one bullet to kill the spy before he completes his four objectives. Uh, it's got like what a two minute time limit, I think. Four. Um, is it a four minute yeah, time you start limit? With four okay.
3: minutes. Depend- I think it changes too, depending on what because the different there's different layouts you can choose, different rooms, different venues, and that changes what your possible objectives you have. Like you did one where you were on a rooftop, and there was a smaller amount of people, um, and there wasn't as much room for them to mingle and then you didn't have things like one of the tasks you have as a spy is to swap out some statues that wasn't available because there's no statues for you to swap out Um, but yeah I think that one I think you had like two or three minutes but usually they were like four
1: yeah so it depends Uh, and as a spy you can pop out to a balcony and check your watch Uh, and when you check the watch that bumps up your time by I think about a minute Uh, but the sniper can also see that counter so when he sees somebody check their watch and the timer goes up Ah. they're probably the spy um, so you play this usually with like voice chat on, uh, and it, it's a very tense social game. Um, and once you get the, the basics of how movement works, you know trying to avoid stutter stepping or not landing on one of the, the action pads where you can do something because none of the AI will do that. They will always go to a point, like a specific point on the map. So you have to be very careful about how you move uh, and how you play the other person if that makes sense. You have to kind of manipulate the other player while you're also trying to accomplish your mission.
3: because when you're the the spy, you can see like the the laser line of the weapon that the spy or that the sniper is using. So you can see kind of where they're looking or where they're immediately focusing on. So you can tell if like you're holding a statue and he has all of a sudden there's a laser line on your face, you're like, "Well, shit, now I can't swap it out. so I'm just gonna look at it a couple times. And to sit here for a minute and try to look like an AI, so he doesn't shoot me in the
2: head. So, is it as the sniper? Is it actually like, is it actually tough to figure out?
1: Uh, I don't think I've won a single sniper game against Courtney. Maybe one. No. Nope. Really. Um, I have a hard time figuring out um, seeing Mattel's. Um, yeah. Okay. Whereas I seem to do a little bit better as the spy. Um, whereas Courtney seems to hit <laughs> me most of the time when I play the spy. I think I've accomplished one or two missions.
2: <laughs> and and so do you have, like, the person that's inside the party, is it a different, like, view or perspective than the person that's outside with the sniper rifle? Yeah, so
1: the uh, the spy is, like, a third-person view, and you can free mouse look um, mm-hmm. around that third-person perspective. Uh, it's zoomed out to about, like, Sims level, maybe a little closer. Um, and then the sniper can use the W A S D keys to... Uh, strafe around the party from a distance and can see through mm-hmm. exterior walls but not interior walls, um, and then W and S to zoom in and out with the sniper scope. Um, so they are totally removed from what's going on in the party. Uh, mm-hmm. So you can you can hide behind other avatars in the game world and perform your tasks, but okay, obviously yeah. the the sniper can change position and and see the different mm-hmm. places you could be.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, it's fucking fun. It sounds too. pretty sweet. Actually. It's actually
1: really cool. Um, maybe we'll try streaming it yeah. next week. I think that'd be fun. It'd
2: be cool. Could you see like? Do you think it would only work as a two-player game, or could you? Could do you think adding, if they added like, what if a second spy was added or something like that? Do you think that would work? You'd
1: have to have a second sniper as well. I think the workload is too okay. high for for two spies and one sniper.
3: I think.
2: What if it had, like it more time make as make well? For instance, it would it harder
3: to be a spy and easier to be a sniper because you have you then can see multiple people who are acting weird. You know. So, in my opinion, anyway, okay, yeah, like but, I think it would be easier to pick up on those things, and but also like it is hard to see to keep track of what everybody is doing all the time. So,
1: yeah, and you can like highlight and lowlight avatars as the sniper. So you can you can right click on the mouse to low-light anyone who you're pretty sure isn't the spy, and then left click anybody who you're, you're fairly certain is, and they bright- brighten up,
3: which is pretty fun. Um, and then at the at the end, the part that cool. I think is really great is you both can review the game and you can kind of see choices and things that the others were doing. So, like, uh,
2: um, no there was way. one That's time
3: when I I was a sniper and Jake was a spy and he hadn't taken over the AI yet for his character because it kind of wanders around by itself and then you can choose when to jump in. Um, I highlighted yeah. that character before he even took control of it. I, I was really... like, "Oh, you did this thing!" She was like,
1: "Oh, you were playing you did with this that thing. statue. It just
3: tipped me off." And he was and like, was... "Um, that wasn't me. That was the computer." <laughs> oh, it was great! It made me so happy too. <laughs> so, you know me when I'm not, when I'm good at something, I get really excited about it.
1: Yeah, uh, and it's really easy to play, but I, I imagine it's very difficult to master. Uh, mm-hmm. I would bet you would have a very difficult time sniping an experienced yeah. spy player. Yeah, um, and it does look like that. Like each cast member is going to have, I think there's about twenty of them in the game. They are going to have a specific history and quirks that they have that are consistent. Oh yeah, yeah. So a character may drink heavily, and so if you're not constantly flagging the waiter and drinking, that's going to be a tell that you're not that character. Uh, mm-hmm. Or it may they may have a certain um, seduction target that is more common than a different one because they've got a history, mm-hmm. um, and this will be stock across. Anybody's game. It's not like it's going to change depending on like how I play, for example. Um, but it's going to be something that uh, both the sniper and the spy are going to have to commit to memory or have on hand um, because it's going to definitely make the game significantly more complicated. Interesting. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think it's out. It's on Steam. Um, Twenty
3: five dollars on Steam.
1: It's not bad. You'd have to buy two copies, um, but I-, I would say it's worth it. For twenty five bucks, mm-hmm. um, especially if you want to get into higher level competitive play, um, very high skill ceiling.
2: Is there like a like is there like a ranked mode as well as a casual mode, or does it just match make you with people, or how does that look? Uh,
1: you get bumped into like a. It almost feels like a battle net lobby, circa like StarCraft nineteen ninety eight. It's very bare bones. I, I'm, I have a feeling that's very far down on the priorities list. Probably, um, yeah. It's got a fairly long tutorial. I think it took us each about half an hour yeah. to get through and it's got it okay. runs you
2: through literally everything and that's like the tutorial is like a yes. single player thing I'd yeah. imagine. Um, yeah that's nice yeah
1: uh, And then you can do practice rounds. Uh, so what they'll do is they will um, pre-vet um, competitive games with competitive spies and mm-hmm. you can play as a sniper against that spy's like mission track so it, it'll mm-hmm. just like do whatever inputs the, the original spy I'd given. Uh, and you should be able from that to to take them out. So there is a little bit of like scenario single player mode, but it's very much a, um, a competitive online game. Uh, I believe right. there there are rankings, uh, there are leaderboards for sure on the website, um, and you could see win loss ratios. I believe for both sniper and spy mm-hmm. in the lobby beside mm-hmm. everybody's name. Um, the the lobby that we were in had about ten people in it. It was fairly small, uh, but I'm in their Discord. And the members list is large.
3: <laughs> a number.
1: It's an amount. Uh, there are 230 spies and another 200 online players. I'm not sure where the sniper list is. Uh, and that's just uh-huh. in their active Discord. Um, it's definitely a niche title, but um, I think it could definitely have a, a larger player base if they expanded it to, to home console.
2: It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I actually got to meet the dev at PAX, we just talked very briefly. Um, pretty cool guy, I think he has one other person that's doing a new set of animations and um, and modeling, but it's, it's, it's like a two man team. Uh, the other thing that I was playing this week very briefly was Subnautica. Uh, it was an early access game, I believe it's out now on PC and most consoles I believe at this point, point. Uh, and that's a first person survival game but you're in the open ocean. So you're really? That sounds fucking bad. It's terrifying.
2: So I'm just reading. I'm just looking at the Wikipedia for it. It looks really cool. Yeah, it
1: didn't run very good on my PC, um, but it's a very pretty game. You play as the survivor uh, of a crashed spaceship, uh, whose life pod lands uh, Mm -hmm. a kilometer or two away, uh, and as far as you can see is just open ocean. Uh, And so you have to go and you know do your regular survival game you know craft food and and water uh, of course the water on the planet is all seawater as far as you know so you have to filter that or or distill it or clean it or or what have you uh, on top of any other survival requirements that you have uh-huh. um, on top of that you also have to manage your oxygen uh, when you're underwater so it's it's a diving game essentially and you can craft more two tanks uh, and it's got a bunch of different biomes with a bunch of different creatures uh, some are friendly some are not uh, you start off in this nice shallow reef that goes down to maybe twenty meters, which is just far enough for you to start thinking about your oxygen. Uh, and most mm-hmm. of the stuff there's fairly friendly, and it's got some some high nutritional value fish. Um, but as you play, the the plot gets gets shown to you, and you discover other life pods uh, and craft bigger and better Ooh, things. Really? Uh,
2: is it pretty like heavy story-wise then, not or is hugely. it fairly? Like...
1: The game will usher you through some plot points. You've got, like, a PDA that talks at you. Okay. Um, I don't really think there's a lose state, as far as I'm aware. Uh, and if you choose to ignore the story plots, I don't really think it's going to push you too hard. Sure. That um, uh, does come with a free roam mode and a basic survival mode, so you don't have to play the plot if you don't want to. Um, mm-hmm. Once you have enough gear, you can start building underwater bases. Uh, and you can uh, build, like, aquariums in there so you can farm resources, which is kind of nice. Uh, and then you can build like submarines, and there's like an underwater robot suit that you can can use uh, as you kind of discover why your spaceship crashed and and what the the lore is around this this region or this planet that you've landed on. Um, uh-huh. It's super spooky. The sound design is really good. Uh, hearing the the whale analogs like cry out uh, in the open ocean is super <laughs> unnerving. I, Sorry. What?
3: Oh my. What? My headphones cut out. I laughed, and I thought you were mad.
1: No, I was just curious to see what you were laughing about.
2: That you're scared of whales.
1: I'm not scared of whales.
0: Kind of sound scared of
2: whales. See, these
1: are space whales. They don't I mean, look like whales.
0: I mean, whales are pretty terrifying. I mean, you've seen like, Pinocchio, pretty... right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they're not that kind of whales either. They're like these big. Um, they're kind of flat, and they've got like wildlife that grows on them, and they've got like these big tendrils out the back, and they, they float around in pods of, of two or three.
2: Uh, just sounds like a regular whale. It's mostly whale.
1: like a regular whale. Um, but they sound really cool. <laughs> it's not like a regular whale, but that's a Not big. at all,
3: no. It looks more like a mushroom to me. Like, you know, those flat mushrooms that grow out of the side of trees? Yeah. With, that's yeah, what they kinda. look like. And then they've got, like, the, like kind of like the mushrooms in Skyrim, actually.
1: Everything <laughs> leads back to Skyrim. <laughs>
3: that's because Skyrim is they. Skyrim and god of dad. Dad of god. Dad, dad of dad god? of war. oh i got really my mouth is not working it's fine
1: that's all right um subnautica also has a vr mode uh, which i imagine is fucking amazing uh
2: see those flat whales in uh every dimension
3: Yes.
2: (laughs) yeah vive and oculus support it looks like uh
1: i don't know if the console versions are out yet but i think they're they're pretty close if not already and they've just announced a standalone expansion as well uh and
2: uh, the, apparently the Xbox version is in game preview, but the PlayStation 4 version has had a full release. Looks nice.
1: Like. Uh, the standalone expansion is I think it's called the Frozen Wastes um, or something similar, and it's, like, almost like an arctic zero area. Uh, it's got penguins, and it looks like there's some more land that you get to deal with. You get, like, a hovercraft and- Space penguins? Space penguins yeah. Flat, flat penguins? Yeah, but they've got, like, four eyes, flat? and they're bright blue, and squirt antifreeze at you. <laughs> It's not safe out there, man. Space Oceans. <laughs> Space, Space oceans. oceans. I'd really like to dedicate a good chunk of time to it. Is that like Star Ocean? Yes, but less turn-based? Hmm. Mostly. It sounds pretty cool. It's neat. It's pretty immersive. I would play that. Yeah. Um, I would like to dedicate some more time to it. I wish it had a co-op mode. Uh, I'd love to play it with you or Courtney, but uh, it looks like there's someone's made a... A standalone mod that you have to compile from source and then you can spin up a multiplayer server. It's pretty complicated still. You should do it. I
2: might do it. (laughs) Except she would just get distracted by the whales and then you would both die. No. No?
3: No. I'm so good at survival games. Remember Don't Starve? We've talked about it so much. (laughs) That'd be pretty fun. (laughs)
2: It's true. For Derek amounts of time, I think you talk about Don't Starve. For
3: Derek amounts of time, do I talk about Don't Starve? I'm still offended by that don't be it's a compliment
2: i don't think it's a compliment
3: it's meant as a compliment
2: A (laughs) salt
1: are we nagging you derek yeah i'm sorry
3: it was really funny though because like my brother bought me this game bought me Subnautica like a couple years ago for a present and was like here it's like a scuba diving simulator and i was like that sounds real boring but thank you Um, (laughs) because like why would i want to simulate scuba diving i want to go scuba diving kid but thank you can't you. go I scuba figured.
2: diving every day Courtney
3: oh, man I wish I could I can't go scuba diving at all I'm not certified um, there you go. but then like I was talking with Jake and I was like man I want like a game where it's like Mass Effect but underwater and then you have to like do exploration underwater for stuff and then he spun up this game and I was like motherfucker they already made the game and I own it even and I haven't <laughs> even touched it so thanks Jake you're welcome also, thank you, Keegan, for providing me this game, even though you don't listen to my podcast anymore.
1: You have so much faith in your brother.
3: I know him real well. <laughs> He's not a complicated guy.
1: <laughs> He's like, here, there's this game you'd like. And you're like, eh, thanks. And you're like, I'm sure he doesn't watch the podcast. Well, I mean, also,
3: this time it was like a scuba diving simulator.
1: Uh, you could have done, like, thanks. the barest level of research.
3: I mean, I trusted him. Maybe that was my fault. Maybe. I don't know. He's a good kid. Maybe.
1: Uh, The only other thing I played this week was today's Halloween Google Doodle. Did I say that right? Google Doodle? Google Google. Doodle.
2: What is the Halloween Google Google
1: Doodle? Google Doodle. It's a multiplayer capture the flag game where you're a ghost and you have to capture (laughs) candles and then return them back to your base. Uh, I played it for about two minutes uh, at work. I hope nobody from work is listening. Um, Me and Mike played a very quick round and I got interrupted by a ticket halfway through, so he won.
3: But it's really cool, and we should maybe
1: give it a shot. They're only two-minute rounds, so uh, maybe after the show.
2: How long is it active for it? Just today and tomorrow, probably? Uh,
1: I think you can go and look at the archives uh, at any point. Oh, yeah, that's right. It'll probably be up for today and tomorrow, maybe the first. Um, But everybody go check it out. It's super cool. Um, I believe tomorrow is Wednesday when we're publishing, so you guys should actually be able to do it. Yeah, cool. that's it for
2: me. That's it. That's it for Jake. Courtney, is there anything else you'd like to say about Diablo 3 or Spy Party?
3: Uh no. <laughs>
2: okay. Have you played uh, anything except else?
3: For, except for I did really good at Spire Party, so be please be proud of me. Um I, I think my headphones are shooting out still. I also played um oh I bought, so I noticed there's a Steam sale going on. The Halloween Steam Cell's on. And um I got the expansion for Crypto the necrodancer Dancer.
2: Ooh. Your favorite game.
3: I know, and I got it. It's only like three fifty right now.
2: That's not very expensive.
3: No. $3.50. And I think for you to get the combo pack of both games is like $7 US. Jeez. It's That's really... like one latte. I know. Um, So I got the expansion. And then um, it's also on sale on the Switch. And I've wanted it for the Switch because I love that game. And I would play it everywhere if I could. And now I can because I did that thing. Um, so I I popped on my Switch and played a little bit earlier. um just to see what the controls are like. You have two options when you're using your switch control. You can either use the arrow directionals to, to jump around, or you can use your left joystick. Um, I haven't decided which one I like better yet, because I feel like the left joystick is less accurate.
2: Yeah, I can see that. And it's a very, is it a very, I've not played it. You've talked about it before, but it's quite, pers- like precision is pretty necessary, right? Yeah,
3: so you have to jump on the beat. If you don't jump on the beat, you don't oh, get the yes, multipliers yes, yes. you need. And also that affects how you fight some monsters because some monsters also move on the beat in certain directions uh-huh. or do certain things. And you can't attack them at certain places if you can't move on time. So it does have a calibration method in the beginning. So it has you hit, uh, I think it's the A button, on the when you hear the noise, just for a minute. Just every time you hear it beep, you uh-huh. hit the button and it calibrates your audio lag that way. And then it does one yep. because you also have... Um, It's an actual anatomically correct heart at the bottom of the screen, which is really cute, Um, which, which thumps on the beat. And so it has that, that animation at the bottom and you do the same thing for a minute. You, you calibrate the animation of the heart to to see what a visual lag would be. And then it calibrates, lets you change the game a little bit so that it, you know, you don't fuck up because of lag, which is kind Mm -hmm. of nice. Um, But yeah, it looks the same as it does on PC. The music is still fucking amazing, I'm really excited to try and play the expansion, which means I might have to beat the rest of the game first. So we'll see how that goes. Cool. Yep. That's all I got.
2: That's it. All right. You guys ready? Because I've been playing some big ass games. (laughs) Uh, I played a little bit of Elder Scrolls Legends. Naturally. I don't think I need to talk about that. Uh, I think I beat that one. Uh, What is this phrase? I don't even know. Beat Uh, that one to death. Beat that one to death. Kicking that dead horse. Uh, it's really fun. You guys should download it. It's free to play. It's elder scrolls based. There's a whole Skyrim set. Uh, Courtney loves Skyrim. It's kind of, is that, does that count as a, a version of Skyrim? I, maybe.
3: maybe I do. But I did download it. I have not played it yet.
2: It's super fun. It's a really good time. Aside from that. So I did participate in the first beta session for fallout 76, um, which I was really excited before excited for naturally fallout being one of my favorite series. um, I really had a good time with it. It's I, I actually I wrote a, a Derek amount of words about my experience with the game. Um, so you so, you know, if you want to hear about my experience, you can head to geekscape.net. Uh, I think it's still stickied up on that front page. Um, but yeah, basically for, you know, at least until Red Dead Redemption 2 came out, I didn't think about anything else except Fallout 76 <laughs> after playing that game. It was a time limited beta so that beta was only open for four hours. So I jumped in, grabbed one of the default characters, because who the fuck cares about that? Um, although then I realized he had a man bun, and I wasn't super into that afterwards, and I just couldn't tell from, because I never rotated the character around, but um, <laughs> it's really interesting. I was worried at first, just in terms of, you know, like, is it going to feel like Fallout with other people running around and everything like that? And I it was... It, pretty quickly was obvious that it does um the survival aspects of it are kind of neat because you also have to manage hunger and thirst and um there's also disease in this game as well so for instance if you sleep on a dirty mattress there's a chance of getting a disease or if you drink irradiated water like there's a percent chance you'll get a disease so as your hunger and thirst kind of decline like this is a game where i feel like in the previous fallout games You get to the point where your 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 inventory is so filled with these consumable food items and water and it's just a mess and you have so much of everything and it feels more scarce like more scarce here where to the point where i was you know if i opened a container and found some clean water i was actually excited for that like it wasn't just this like okay like more of this crap more of this crap to collect um and so yeah so it gets interesting because there was absolutely times where I, you know, my character's thirsty. They get too thirsty, like bad shit starts happening. And I can't remember what that bad shit is right now. But, um, you know, so do I drink the water out of this toilet and risk getting a disease and getting a bunch of rads? Or do I just hold off or what? And there's a lot of elements like that, which are really cool. Um, And I also didn't feel like... Like, so for instance, you open up in the vault, you're pretty quickly out of the vault, which felt fairly different to like Fallout 4. I guess you are pretty quickly, but Fallout 4 has got a big piece before you go into the vault where you're actually like at home with your family like I feel like all of the other games they have this big chunk of time before you get out into the wasteland and in 76 it's quite quick actually um which felt kind of jarring and different um but it also kind of makes sense based on like how they play it out in like story wise which I won't delve too much into cuz I don't want to spoil things but um yeah, it's neat. I didn't I in that session I kind of wanted to take control, like have control over everything, so I didn't partner up with anybody. But it was also something where like I was worried about just everything being flooded with real players and everything like that and you know people with like stupid costumes just jumping around and doing stupid shit but outside of the you know it's pretty much as soon as you leave the vault of course there's a big chunk of people there because everyone had just started the game Um, but then after that I kind of ran in a, a like a certain direction and I didn't really come up with it like like I very rarely came across anyone else type thing um, aside from when I went to like, like do one of the first quests type thing. Cause of course a lot of people were doing that first quest, but it, it feels like Fallout It looked, I, I mean, Fallout the, that engine is pretty old. It didn't look great. It looked good. Um, it looks a lot better, a lot, like much improved over Fallout Four things like the lighting systems and everything like that have been vastly improved. So that all looked really great. I didn't encounter any huge like game breaking bugs at this point. um, yeah i don't know it it made me really excited to play like all that happened at the end of it is i was less the beta ended i was way less worried about any of the things i was worried about before and i just wanted to play more and the map is so massive like i at one point i you get out of the vault you have a couple of little missions i like came across this like wood mill um and so i picked up some wood which of course you can build a base and everything like that so i figured that would help later. Um, looted this place and then I came across like a corpse and there was like a note beside it and the note was from like a corpse's friend and it was like oh there's this other like you know I'm up north I'm at this other wood mill and it's way better and they pay better and there's all this stuff and blah 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 and I'm like oh that sounds like and then it populated that area on my map so I'm like oh I'm gonna go check that out like that sounds like there could be something useful there for instance and then so I Started venturing north, and I ventured, and I ventured, and I ventured, and then I was like, "Holy shit! This map is massive!" Because it took forever to get there, <laughs> um, like so, like significantly longer than it would have in like Fallout Four, for instance. Um, and the terrain is so much more varied, and there's a sense of verticality. I think that I haven't really felt in another Fallout game. Like in this game, it feels like you're scaling mountains. Like it was more akin to like climbing stuff in like Skyrim, for instance, where you know you like you see this you see this giant mountain off in the distance and then that is an area that you can go and you can climb up and you can experience. And, and that's not something I've really felt in the previous Fallout games. And so a lot of like the views were just incredible from a lot of these areas. But, um, but yeah, it was interesting. Then I like, I eventually like, Oh, and I'm an hour and a half in. I still don't have a gun. Like it's, <laughs> it's like forces you to play differently because it didn't kind of hand you this stuff. I feel like a lot of the previous games had. Um, and so I'm playing, I'm avoiding, enemies and and you know like really low level ghouls that typically you would dis like take care of before they even saw you type thing like they're actually a threat and and you have no power against them until they're within swinging distance of this board i found on the ground or whatever and um it it felt it felt really cool because of all of that um i don't know i don't know like i wrote like a ton of a ton of thoughts about it up on geekscape.net. So I don't need, I don't want to parrot all of that too much, but I, I, I was worried and I mean, I was excited, but I was also kind of like, what's this going to be like now? I'm just excited. Um, I, I feel like I love a lot of the choices that Bethesda has made here in terms of committing early to, you know, a lot of these games you, you, you're doing, dealing with things like season passes, you're dealing with microtransactions. Bethesda's already committed to any content, that ever comes out for this game and they've noted that they want to support it for a long time all of that content will be free uh there is microtransactions but it is all for cosmetic items um so there's a premium currency called atoms in the game which you can choose to buy with real money but it also seemed like i was actually earning them at a steady clip just by completing like little tiny, like tiny little goals uh within the game itself which are called challenges so it was like the first time you like craft something or upgrade a gun or do this thing or whatever, like you gain some atoms and there wasn't a way to kind of browse a store or anything at this point. Cause of course the game is in beta still. Um, but it's like, it seemed like they were coming in at a steady clip. So I'm not too worried about that. Um, no, it's cool. It's really, really fun. Um, it felt like fallout, but different. Um, my kind of worries at this point are like, cause of course there's no human NPCs in the game. And part of what I really loved about fallout four and fallout three and everything like that was the like, like the, just these huge branching quests that are delivered by people and the characters in the environment are so interesting. And and in this game, it seems like they will be delivered primarily by either audio tapes or by robots. And can they still have that same branching narrative? It's I think it kind of remains to be seen at this point. Um, I, I hope so, because um, obviously they made that choice for a reason. Um, and I also think that, like, like they started running these. The game comes out November fourteenth. Like they started running these betas um, as of October twenty third. So that is a huge amount of time. And so I think that that shows. I think it shows. I mean, they want this to be as good of an experience as possible. But I also think that running a beta for that long, and and it's a beta where anyone that has pre-ordered the game can access and play the game and can cancel that pre-order still. So I think that doing this so early and for so long, I think it shows a, a big amount of confidence in the game. And I think that that's something as well that could not be, you know, through trailers or through streamers' impressions or whatever. I don't know that that could be, that that confidence could really be delivered in that way. And, and it's something where, I you know, I, I follow, like, a lot of the follow subreddits and stuff like that. And it's something where, you would see all this like pretty primarily negative uh like opinions of the game before and it is you can start to see it turning around as people experience more time with it because i mean bethesda is amazing at environmental storytelling this is the biggest environment they've done and it's a much different environment than you've seen in the series previously and there's so much interesting stuff in there and um things like the the presentation on voice acting and stuff is, is leaps and bounds ahead of where it was at in fallout four too. I, I just want to play more. I, <laughs> the betas are timed. Um, so it's small chunks of time so that they can get as many people in as possible to stress test it and everything like that. And there was one today and there's one tomorrow and there's one the next day. And of course I'm working each and every one of those days. So I'm really looking forward to this weekend. Um, there's a beta on Sunday that I think I'll be able to take part in. So, um, probably have more thoughts next week when i get to spend a little bit more time with the game that's not right right at the beginning it's a few hours in at that point so but i like it hopefully it gets crossplay love crossplay um and aside from that uh red dead redemption 2 came out and red dead redemption 2 might be the best game that i've ever played really? um, Yeah. And, I, and it's like i i Got it on Saturday. Between Saturday and Sunday, I put almost 12 hours into the game, which is pretty rare for me to like. Usually, I play a game for an hour or I'll play for two hours and I'll be like, okay, I need to go be productive. I need to go do something else. And I could not stop this game. And also, I feel like even a story based game, like I'm not skip it, like I don't skip cutscenes or anything like that, but often I will you know, because I want to get back into the gameplay, for instance, I will like you can often like hit the X button or whatever, and it'll jump to the next piece of dialogue. And I'll read the dialogue faster than the characters are delivering it. But the production values and the like quality of the voice acting and the quality of the visuals in this game is like nothing that I have ever seen. And I have like in 12 hours, I've not even attempt uh, attempted to skip a cutscene or anything like that. Like it is unbelievable. The acting is like, next level um i'm playing the game on the xbox one x and so um and like it it runs in full 4k and it looks absolutely spectacular i don't know that i've like i think that this will be i think that this is the defining game for this generation like i cannot see another game being like it is it's an open like this is the first open world i feel like actually just feels like uh, like legitimately uh, excuse me legitimately alive and and that's i mean that sounds like that sounds like bullshit but it's like the things that you come across just as you are just ride like riding to the next mission or going hunting so that you can feed your camp like the variety of things is just absolutely incredible and it's it's like nothing else that i've ever played um yeah i don't know the story is so interesting um the side missions are really interesting the the vastness like i feel like in the first red like you could in the first game you could go play poker and like you could do all these little activities and stuff like that but all of that stuff is like so much more um you'll just come across like random settlers or whatever like as you're traversing the area and um like like i got into like a weird like challenge in terms of shooting um, what are we shooting? Shooting birds out of the sky, like with somebody randomly. And then I beat him and he got like pissed off. And um, at one point, I like, like just these super interesting weird, like I, I'm starting to like approach all these little people that are like camping and stuff like that. And one guy is like, he's like, get out of here. And I'm like, I'm just trying to be friendly to <laughs> get closer to him. And he's like, he's just like, I don't want any company. And then like, I don't leave. And so he pulls his gun on me and I'm like, oh no, what do I do? <laughs> and then I thought he was going to shoot me. So I shot him first. Uh, and I killed him and I was, but when I shot, I was kind of close to his horse. So then his horse kicked me in the face and I almost died. Um, like just these weird, like just these crazy moments that are like, they just feel so organic. Like it doesn't feel like any of this is planned. Um, it's, it's, it's like nothing else I've ever played. And I like, ugh, I could not put it down. Like it was almost like, I, like I was trying to, I didn't feel super great this morning, for instance. And I ended up feeling like I was fine afterward, but I'm like, can I, justify i'm out of paid sick days at work i only have unpaid sick days left can i justify taking a day off so i can just play (laughs) red dead redemption which i don't do for any video game and i don't think i've ever like there's been a couple games i've booked time off in advance but this is i've played the game for two days and i don't want to stop at any point um and it's interesting too like i feel like taught like for instance the uh, I, i mean like a group message for people that i work with and like just in regards to playing games or whatever and they're like everyone has very different tastes like the amount ima- like literally everyone in that group is obsessed with this game and like there's seven or eight people in that group and uh, four of them have like literally upgraded their xbox ones just so they can like play it in full 4k and everything like that because the game's so unbelievable but i yeah i i like at this point i mean i'm 12 hours in i'm not uh it, it like that's i feel like i'm barely scratching the surface so obviously it is very early to make judgments like that but i like this game is like nothing else i've ever played it is absolutely a masterpiece and i literally cannot wait till we stop talking so that i can go and play it some more before i go to bed like it's it's unbelievable <laughs> um and that is question. me that is me yeah can you skin animals in it oh i was gonna talk to you about that because i know how uncomfortable it made you before you absolutely can and it's gr- like it's it's gross <laughs>
3: it's gross because
2: <laughs> okay. you also, like I'm, I'm never i'm never playing it then because <laughs> yeah he like like it's more well and you don't have to skin them like you can just deliver the like you can sell the animals or deliver them to like the um like the the chef in your camp or whatever for instance um but it's like if you do choose to skin them like you actually just like he like cuts the skin and unwraps it and then there's just like like to get the animal back to your camp afterwards for instance like you'll throw it over your shoulder and it's just this like hunk of muscle um and it kind of like sways as you're walking and then you throw it on the back of your horse and then your shirt's all bloodstained and everything like that like it's it's it is like it's it's seems very realistic in regards to that Uh, very cool so so i'll never play it then or just don't skin that i don't think you ever have to skin an animal
0: See, I like I like how Tomb Raider does it, where you just bend over them, and then you just all of a sudden have gears for some reason.
2: Yeah, it's definitely not like that. Like, there's, um, yeah, you're gonna your shirt's gonna get bloody, and uh, oh yeah, it's it's like it's so good though. sounds I've heard really
1: good things about the immersion in it, so uh, I might be picking it up. Mm-hmm. Have you found that like the amount of time it takes to do things and not skipping things, and the amount the game seems to want you to—I absolutely down, love. Has that affected your enjoyment?
2: That's a good. That's a really good point. That's a really good question. And I feel like it is a very like just from, for instance, right down to the characters, like default animation and speed of walking. Like it is a it it is a very slow burn game and things. Some things take a long time. Um, But no, I have almost like it just feels it feels authentic and it feels like it's not like it feels like it tries it's trying to be i don't know as cinematic or or as you know maybe as authentic as possible is is the right word and so like you're not sprinting around everywhere all the time like he's got like just this slow kind of camber and everything like that and and i mean you can run and you can do like but yeah a lot of things happen quite slowly um and dramatically for instance but i have that is absolutely like like all of that stuff looks and feels spectacular and i have not felt like it has as taken away from my enjoyment of the game at all even stuff like there's there is fast travel in the game but at this point you know this this many hours in i'm not at a point where excuse me i can really utilize it that much um but i don't even mind because as you are riding to the next location or wherever you want to go um like the the just the stuff that you come across is so interesting that I wouldn't I feel like at this point anyways I wouldn't even want to fast travel that much just because all of the random people that you encounter or the random situations that you get into they're so interesting at this point that I wouldn't even want to do that Um, there's also a cool like because yeah like like maybe this mission's like quite a ways across the map like there if you go to your map and like set a destination like a waypoint there's also like a cinematic camera mode you can go into and at that point you don't you can just kind of watch like you don't have to um, like the horse will run there you can set the speed to be very fast or or just kind of a slow trot Um, and then it will give you all these cinematic camera angles and it'll actually control that part for you so you can just listen to the dialogue or just watch the environment or whatever like it'll actively keep you on the road. Nice it's like a montage mode yeah, yeah. So that's pretty cool. Um, one of the cool things I haven't actually had an opportunity to try it myself yet, but there I, I read I've read a couple articles about it. There is a uh, a pretty good um, companion app that's available for Android and for iOS. And so what the companion app allows you to do that uh, the character main character, Arthur, he's got, he keeps like a journal of the stuff that he's been through and the stuff that he's going through as the game goes on. And so all of that stuff's really interesting, but I've, I've not jumped too much into it because I want to play the game. Um, and so what the companion app allows you to do is even if you're not playing the game, you can actually read through his journal. And it's like, it's almost like a weird, like physical, cause it's like you're holding, you're playing the game. You could like literally hold his journal in your, Phone or you're in your tablet or whatever, so it's like this weird like skeuomorphic um, experience. But what you can also do is uh, you have like a full live map of the game um, on your tablet or on your phone, so you can actually like like set your waypoints and everything like that, and and see if there's anything else you want to do like without you act, like without having to exit the game to go into the map menu or anything like that. Like you can set all of that stuff from the companion app, and it will show your location live as it is in the game and everything like that. Like it's pretty neat. Um, It's interesting that, like, you know, it's like this kind of it's this neat, basic but neat second screen experience. And of course, the console that tried to do the second screen experience thing just didn't work out at all. But this looks really cool, and people are loving it. So I I
3: don't,
2: I don't know, Um, but it's neat. I'm looking forward to the next time I play it. I'll definitely be using that just because you know, prop up your tablet with a stand. Some people are, a lot of people are using that and then turning off the map in the game. So there's no heads up display or anything like that because it'll also display things like your health and stamina and everything like that just on the tablet. So playing that gorgeous, you know, unparalleled in terms of the beauty of this game, I would say. Like just playing it with no heads up display whatsoever, and ha- and having access to all that information, you know, on your lap or on the tablet in front of you, I think is really, really cool. Um, you're not missing any of the experience because, like, turning the hut the heads up display off at that point.
1: Nice. Uh, that sounds like yeah. I'd be really into. Uh, so I'll have to keep an eye on it. I've got three questions for you, though. Yeah. Do you think that that immersion is going to where the uh, slowness that slow burn you were talking about do you think that's gonna affect Mm -hmm. how you play on a replay
2: uh i don't ever replay games really so i'm not worried about (laughs) i'm not too worried about that i feel like there's like i could probably count the games that i've like really replayed you know on one hand um maybe not one hand maybe like a hand and a half but i'm not worried about that at all um but if i the people that do replay stuff i could absolutely see that affecting it because stuff takes like stuff can take a long time um and i'm super into it just because i i don't know like it's it it feels so good and it feels so fluid and and so cinematic but yeah if you're you know going through that stuff for the second or the third time or whatever i could see it i could see it being that's, long at that point that's fair
1: i just thought I'd also ask. this game's the game's
2: opening is fucking amazing and spectacular
1: i mean um yeah i replay metal gear games like i mean this is no yeah I've metal
2: played. gear 2 and 3 are one of the few very few games i have replayed
1: yeah so that sort of thing doesn't really bug me uh mm-hmm. i had another like actual question which was like when you were in the menu system did you notice anything about um like colorblindness correction or, or accessibility features.
2: There are, yeah, there are color blindness, Uh, there are a variety of colorblindness modes, which I was pretty, pretty, it was pretty nice to see. Um, I feel like I've like, I'm kind of, cause most games, if they do have colorblindness settings, I need to utilize them. I feel like the colors in, I, I, like, I feel like I haven't actually noticed it too much in red dead aside from certain shades on the map, like certain icons on the map I have trouble with. Um, so there are, but in game, I've not actually really noticed too much of an issue. Um, whereas for instance the 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 one game I noticed a big, big, big issue with was actually the Witcher three before they added the color blindness modes. and the big issue I had with that is when you go into like your witcher vision to sense the smells or whatever and have to follow like a scent or something like that, those were absolutely invisible to me. So when I was playing through those initially, I had to actually have Michaela like guide me because I could not see the path I was supposed to go on, uh, or find the item that was, you know, glowing, whatever color it was glowing because it was just absolutely invisible. So I've not really experienced anything like that, like that here. Um, Aside from a, f- a few instances in the map where I had not been able to locate an icon because of the color of it, um, but there are a number of color blindness modes built in that kind of change reds to like bright purples and stuff like that, which looks kind of jarring and weird. But um, those have definitely made those things stand out more for me. So I kind of keep flipping back and forth because one of the things it does is like, like for instance, if you set like the red green color blindness, some stuff turns like bright purple, uh, including like your you know, when you're in a, in the menu, like the selector, like to show you which menu option you're on is like purple and the pause menu itself, like rather than having like a red background has a bright purple background. It's just really jarring. Um, so I kind of flip in and out of the color blindness mode as necessary. But uh, but yeah, there, those are built in. I'm not sure of uh, other accessibility features at this point, but, uh, you know, inverted Y axis is uh, also an option, which I really appreciate.
1: Yeah, that's yeah. fair. Uh, And the third question I was going to ask was, have you experienced the uh, full width, uh, breadth and width of your horse testicles yet?
3: Damn it, Jake, you took my question. (laughs)
2: Uh, You know what? I have actually not not looked at the horse's testicles yet.
1: Good to know that crunch was going to something important.
2: (laughs) Uh, I, I spent a lot of time. Well, and I also actually, you know what? because the opening of the game you're in snow essentially and so at that point i was like well i don't want to look right now because then i'll i you know will they even be visible it's dark and it's snowy uh and then i just kind of forgot about it because i got so sucked into other things um and i've only really thought about it when i've not been playing the game um but i will report back for next
0: week you better i mean so you didn't get sucked into the horse's balls
2: (laughs) (laughs) no no no,
0: nothing like that is there like um is there like a grooming mode, like Pokemon and Me, where you can like scrub the horse's balls or like brush them? Oh
2: God, you I hope you so. can't scrub the balls of the horse, but you do like like your both yourself, like both your character and the horse. They have these things called cores, which are like you have a core for health and a core for stamina, and as does the horse. And the 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 level of your core essentially determines how fast your health like recharges or how fast the horse's stamina recharges and so for instance certain things like like if your horse gets dirty its health core will go down and so you need to brush the horse or go through like a stream or something like that to clean it off Um, so you can like like you do need to brush the horse and stuff like that Um, the horse is something it's interesting too because it's like a like in the first game i think you just grabbed horses and whatever they just existed Uh, whereas in this game you actually kind of like you have almost, it's like a relationship with your horse. Like it starts at a, like a level one bond. And as you ride it and brush it and feed it and stuff like that, your bond goes up. And what that'll do is your horse will get more health and your horse will get more stamina or potential. I think even be able to carry more stuff. Um, and if you, and, and that goes like up and up and up as you continue to bond with that horse, it'll get other abilities too, like the ability to, you know, kind of stop and turn on like a dime type thing as the, by that bond grows. Um, so your horse kind of becomes an important part of your character because you like, you don't want to just start that process over again. Um, but your horse can also die. So if you like fuck up and like, um, you know, it gets shot in like a shootout or you accidentally like ride too close to a cliff and it slips off or something like that. Like you'll like, it's dead and you have to go get a new horse and start again. Uh, And you name your horse and everything like that too. So you like, you have a, like, like it, it is like a meaningful part of the game, which is really interesting. Um, what? yeah and uh there was another point i was gonna make and i can't remember but the horses were horse yeah the horse stuff is pretty neat
1: just not the testicles
2: <laughs> i'll report back i'll report back and there's like 30 breeds of horses so all of those horses would have different you know like accurately rendered testicles
0: yeah
1: uh, great game asking yeah asking the important questions Yep. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'll, I'll report back i'll send you some
1: screenshots oh thanks yeah, yeah mostly just courtney nope Maybe just send him to Shane instead.
3: I blacked out for most of Uh, that. As soon as we started talking (laughs) about testicles, I just
1: kind of. One one more
0: thing to check out is if you if you skin the horse, does the horse have skin testicles?
2: Uh, I don't think you can skin the horse, but that is also something I don't know because I'm still I've not had a horse die on me yet.
1: Josh, were you were you did you listen to the episode where we talked about the the lizard dicks for Soul Calibur?
3: Last episode.
1: What was the what way the 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 lizard dicks for soul caliber with the character editor? Oh
0: yeah. I thought the funny thing is I just listened to a different podcast that was saying that Slim Jim's tasted like lizard dicks. So I <laughs> thought like I was having déjà vu, like I've heard this before.
1: Uh, no, we, we discussed it last week or the week before about how the character editor in in Soul Caliber, you know, unintentionally lets you make gigantic lizard penises.
2: It might have been it yeah. might have been intentional.
1: Possibly.
0: I've seen people get real creative with that create
2: a character oh yeah that's great uh yeah i mean that's games we've been playing was there anything else in that or should we move on i think we We should should, uh we should probably move on uh firstly there is a piece of news regarding a certain giveaway that is currently ongoing courtney do you want to inform us about that
3: um so the giveaway is going to be extended for another week um, nice. so and hopefully I'll actually get pictures up because like I had a bunch of stuff fall on me so I didn't get them up. But I do have
2: it fell on you. are, are you fine? okay?
3: Thank you. <laughs>
2: Is it awful? Of yeah, sort of you you've unburied a yourself.
3: Little bit. um but I did go through the bags. we do have two fallout masks. so we have the fallout 76 Bolt boy masks. We have um, some game key giveaways um one was for like a virtual chess there's another one for Lord of the Rings game and a third one that I can't remember off the top of my head so those have been split up into the two different prize packs Um, there's a bunch of really cool buttons that we picked up at at PAX West Um, Fortnite foam pickaxes Um, I've got a bunch of dice and some other stuff from San Diego Comic Con I'm probably going to try and throw in there so um, for the low low price of $0 and maybe 3 minutes of your time you can enter our great giveaway by going to our link bit.ly slash Geekscape Games giveaway, or by going to our Facebook group, um, the Geekscape Games podcast Facebook group, and comment on the Megathread post with your favorite album art from the past four years. Um, and uh, we'll be randomly drawing one of those entries and then from our raffle copter from the bit.ly link. And those two people will get those prizes, a bunch of cool stuff for free, guys.
2: Free stuff. What was that link again? Uh,
3: bit.ly slash geekscape games giveaway.
2: And that was bit.ly slash geekscape games giveaway. Yeah. I also easy. posted it on the Facebook so group. So
3: if you just want to go to our Facebook group and join, um, we'll have it we'll have it there in that mega thread. It's at the bottom. So
2: Beautiful. I'm excited. There was some sweet stuff in there.
3: Yeah. Uh, I yeah. I almost kept some of it. There's like a um <laughs> Mika Scordux sweet B game simulator mouse pad. It's got a cute B on it. Yes, a mouse to pad. I just steal it so yeah. bad. Um, there's a bunch of stickers and stuff in there. Um, like I said, I've got the gold dice that I'm gonna be putting in one of those. Um, and I think the other large prize was the um, the Fallout 76 squish pennies that we got from the Bethesda day, ga- Bethesda day, Bethesda day games. Is that right? Gaming, whatever. Mm-hmm.
2: Bethesda that, gameplay days that
3: amazing thing that I even wore their shirt today. Um, so those will be in there. I'm going to polish them up a little bit cause they've got a little tarnish on them, um, from being pennies, but yeah, giveaway.
2: Those pennies are sweet. And like, where else could you ever get those? You can't, but by going to bit.ly slash Geekscape games giveaway,
3: um, I might even have two sets. So I think even there might, I know I have one full set and I think I have like a couple half sets. Nice um i also so. have
2: a set because i'm keeping that shit for myself
3: Man, it was really difficult i don't know if you guys were watching during packs. meek and i took video of our drug gases squishing those pennies it was really <laughs> hard to do we also had a really hard time making sure we were getting full sets for
2: everyone yeah it was a little bit it was a little bit tough to line up i was, oh, it was sober really and difficult. i had a hard time yeah oh. hey uh, Derek, i'm real
3: good at squish pennies i have a lot but still
1: Derek, i had you muted what was the address for the giveaway again
2: that is bit.ly Slash Geekscape Games giveaway. Bit.ly slash Geekscape Games giveaway. Thanks, bud. No problem. Uh, I think we should lightning round through some news. Um, what do you guys think about that? Because this is a long episode. I'd
1: like to go to bed. Uh, yeah.
2: Yeah. Lightning round. Capcom is bringing multiple Resident Evil games to Switch in 2019. So this includes the, I believe, the remakes of Resident Evil, Resident Evil Zero, and Resident Evil 4. Um, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, I probably won't buy them because I I've, I've bought I have bought Resident Evil and Resident Evil Zero on PlayStation 4, and I've never played them. And they're also on Game Pass on Xbox, and I've never played them. But having another console to buy them on and not play them, I think, would be cool. Um, one thing that I definitely wanted to talk about, the full list of PlayStation Classic titles uh, has been revealed. And I think it's pretty good. So that list, I'm just going to read it out quickly. So it's 20 games. That includes uh, Battle Arena Toshinden. Cool Borders 2, Destruction Derby, Final Fantasy 7, Grand Theft Auto, Intelligent Cube, Jumping Flash, Metal Gear Solid, Mr. Driller, Oddworld Abe's Odyssey, Rayman, Resident Evil Director's Cut, Revelations Persona, Ridge Racer Type 4, Super Puzzle Fighter 2 Turbo, Siphon Filter, Tekken 3, Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six, Twisted Metal, and Wild Arms. Um, so those are the 20 I, this is one thing i did want to bring up because i wanted to see what you guys thought of that list and um i don't know like what the better games on it you thought and what's what's missing that you think that
0: should definitely be there um i thought that i couldn't rush to the best buy page fast enough to cancel my pre-order um, <laughs> oh, really? it i don't know it's just like some of the games that they picked are really weird <laughs> like with for example you said twisted metal whereas I think most people consider Twisted Metal Two the mm. best one. Yeah, that was gonna be what I said. And I know maybe they're trying to stick with like the classic classic stick with like the like real, like early, early PlayStation yeah. games, but at the same time, you already have Jumping Flash and Toshinden, Den, Battle Arena Toshinden, Den to cover that aspect of it. And those games are both terrible. Mm. Like they were good Oh, I wouldn't even say they were necessarily good. They were they were okay when they came out and they've aged so horribly. Like I went back and played Toshinden Den not like a few years back and it's just completely like it's just a complete trudge to try to play nowadays and it's like i don't know it's just like i don't know i guess i don't know what i really expected exactly but i didn't expect so many like so many throwaway titles odd odd decisions like did you say it was abe's odyssey or abe's exodus uh abe's odyssey okay see that's another one because like exodus was i mean odd and Odyssey was really good, but Exodus was the better one, right. I thought. Um, and then I saw in Japan that Japan's version got Parasite Eve. Yep. Oh, really? Which is an excellent game that I wish we would have had on ours. And uh,
1: two Arc the Lad games. Uh, what uh, was that? Two Arc the Lad RPGs, which are, are pretty. Oh strange. yeah,
0: and then the Arc the Lad games. But I mean, yeah, with Arc, I can't speak on Arc the Lad. I never really played them, but mm-hmm. I know Parasite Eve was really good. Mm-hmm. And uh, like, and then Final Fantasy VII. It's like I can't really get excited about that since I've bought it on four <laughs> different PlayStation devices at yeah. this point. And um, you can just
2: play it on your cell phone.
0: Yeah, like I think one thing that was really appealing to the Nintendo classics is that on those they often had games that were either uh, hard to find or, in the case of the Super Nintendo, it had Star Fox Two, which was never released before. Totally. So even then, it was like you had a you had something that. You could latch on to even if you had the means to buy a lot of those games yeah. elsewhere, and I think too since the PlayStation Classic is what a hundred bucks, yeah, whereas like the Nintendo the NES Classic I think was sixty and then the Super Nintendo was eighty, but it had with two controllers whereas the NES had one.
2: Yeah, and, then this,
0: yeah. Um, yeah, and there's some other, and I know again I get that it seems like they're trying to theme this thing as a classic like a really really classic playstation control and that's emphasized by the fact that the controls that come with it are not dual shock yeah. they're just the old analog control like the d-pad only controls yep. that were around for the first like two and a half years of the playstation but even that i feel like that limits what they could put on it because like, i think you're ape missing out stuff
2: like ape escape
0: it. yeah like ape escape requires the analog sticks and that's not on there yeah. because it, the control doesn't have it and i felt like ape escape is one of the like quintessential PlayStation Absolutely. games. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, and then you have some other glaring omissions, like Tomb Raider, I feel like, is synonymous with the PlayStation. That's not Totally, clear.
2: yeah. Well, and I feel um, like, like one thing I feel like too, is a lot of these, like a lot of the standout titles on these, like you have been able to play on other, like on other systems or better versions because they've been remade. Like like stuff like, uh, you know, why, why go and play that version of Resident Evil where you could get the, like, the the remake from a couple of years ago type thing like I just don't like I don't know unless you're feeling super nostalgic
0: like I don't know why somebody would go and do that right and even Resident Evil is another one like Resident Evil two and three are so much better yeah one well, um, more
2: like also seeing things like like how many like what is so special about the PlayStation version of Super Puzzle Fighter two Turbo like how many Puzzle Fighter games have there been uh, yeah things like like Abe's Odyssey like Abe's Odyssey has been re released on absolutely everything um yeah I don't know it's tough like I feel like there is like I, I seeing this list I was like oh that's actually pretty cool like there's some good like Twisted Metal is classic Siphon Filter is classic Resident Evil is classic even though I would never play that version because I have better versions that I haven't played like the first Rayman I have such good memories with that Mr. Driller yeah. is was such a fun puzzle game the first grand theft auto i would play that for five minutes and be like
0: this is this is this is the old that's another one where grand theft auto one like having the grand theft auto games at all on this thing seems like a really bad decision because (laughs) like gta until three came out and it made the transition to 3d like gta one and two barely felt like a blip on the radar they felt more like novelty games at the time that you could get your ultra violent fix for five minutes and then turn it off and move on to something better yeah but like GTA didn't really get really good or really popular until three. So having one on it on a quote unquote, like iconic PlayStation collection when nobody played or really liked Grand Theft Auto all that much Mm -hmm. back in the day, at least at at least on a mainstream level. Yeah. was kind of weird to me. Um, And then another one is they have Persona one on it, even though like Persona two was the one that was much more popular Mm -hmm. on the PlayStation console too. So, I mean, and then another, and talking about RPGs, you had, like Legend of Gaia, Legend of Dragoon, Xenoge- uh Xenogears, there were so yeah. many iconic PlayStation like Vagrant RPGs Story that and missing. stuff like that. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's like it's it's not surprising and and surprising at the same time, yeah. I think.
2: But, yeah, like I yeah, I feel like there's a bunch of good titles, but there's so many like classics that are not present there and also like no that's not even including like i didn't expect things like crash or things like spyro because obviously they're not sony properties anymore but also because they've they either just had or are about to have remakes happen um but like i mean it's hard to it's hard to look at that lineup and not think about those two titles for instance because those are like like those are some of the first 3D platformers that, that I ever played, and they were like they're so memorable. Um, and of course, I mean, like I, like I said when it was announced, I would love to see Tony Hawk's Pro Skater or Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Two on there. That was obviously never going to happen, just in terms of music licensing and stuff like that. But um, I mean, maybe the like both the both the Super Nintendo and the NES Classic, you could add more games to. So may, hopefully, that's a that, if that is if that was a possibility here. Um, if there is some sort of ability to just put like PSX ROMs on there or whatever, like that would be that would change the game. But you shouldn't have to want to do that to to
0: make this thing worthwhile. Yeah, and between between the PSP and their credit card security, they seem to be pretty easy to hack, so it shouldn't be a problem.
2: <laughs> uh yeah. Jake Courtney, any other thoughts on the PlayStation Classic?
1: Uh, I think you pretty much nailed it. I'm, I'm taking a look yeah. to see if there's any pictures of the back. As far as ports are concerned but it looks like your standard, like, USB-C, so I'm sure it's going to be easy enough to hack.
2: That would be great.
3: Then I would buy one. Uh, I didn't have this console growing up because I didn't have any, any consoles growing up, but I don't see anything on here that I've heard about that I feel like I'm missing out on. So I don't think... Mm-hmm.
2: I-, I did have a really good time with Destruction Derby when I was a kid, though.
3: Yeah, but I'm not going to spend, like, $100 to get that one game.
2: That's a great idea. You should not spend $100 to get that one game. Yeah. If you're going to spend $100 on one game... It should be Red Dead Redemption Two.
3: I'm actually, so I'm gonna go look and see if I can rent it. Cause you should, cause I know that you really liked a game I didn't really like. So we'll just go see how this works. Maybe, <laughs> maybe Red Dead Redemption Two will redeem our gaming friendship, and we won't have to fight. Yeah, you about think? Games. Uh,
2: there aren't any like really tough choices at this point either. So I think you'll oh, be okay. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> the only other real piece of news that I wanted to talk about, and then I'll let you guys take over. Um. This affected me personally and uh, I was so mad. So Amazon.ca, I don't think it happened anywhere else. Amazon.ca got super fucking shady with the release of Red Dead Red Dead Redemption 2. And so for instance, not this year, but last year and the year prior, Amazon had some fantastic E3 sales. And so a lot of those sales were you would get 30% off or whatever on these pre-orders. And so two years ago and three years ago, I pre-ordered a ton of games from Amazon and most of these games are like, like some of them are still not out. Like I pre-ordered the last of us Two, I pre-ordered days gone. Like I pre-ordered the final fantasy seven remake, like all of these games that are probably still years off. uh, I paid $50 Canadian plus tax for which is unbelievable. Unheard of. Um, I've got a bunch of games at that price, which is great. So Amazon recently. So in the States, they changed up their prime discounts in Canada. They got rid of their prime discounts for games entirely um thursday night i check on amazon.ca your copy of red dead 2 you know it'll get here by 8 tomorrow perfect that sounds great release day it's all all i can ask for uh saturday sorry friday morning 8 a.m i get an email that's like oh you know this item cannot be located and uh you'll get an email when it becomes available and so apparently every single discounted copy of red dead redemption 2 uh they did not ship and they got any like they emailed out the morning of saying that you know you, you like this game's not going to deliver today um anybody that paid full price that you know pre-ordered the like that ordered the game like like a month or two months ago versus a year or two years ago all of those got shipped um people started chatting into Amazon people that said the stuff that nobody got one, which was not true because, you know, anybody that paid the full price did get one. Um, but also that the delay would be several weeks at this point. So essentially the idea is that Amazon didn't want to ship these games because at that point they were not making any money on it. Um, so they put a significant like fake delay on any discounted copies with the hope that you would cancel the pre-order and go buy it elsewhere. Um, and so there's actually a, the competition bureau of Canada is now actually investigating this. Um, and like, there's a huge Reddit thread, like, like of people that were in a similar situation that are contacting to build this case against them. Essentially. Um, ugh, I feel like it was, it, I don't know. It pissed, it really pissed me off. Cause it's like, yeah, I, I don't know, like whatever. Like I, I, I have got a, a ton, like the, the red at this point. So I ended up, I was like, "Come, should I wait? Should I? What should I do?" Saturday morning, I canceled the pre-order. I bought it on the Xbox Store. So I did exactly what Amazon wanted me to do. Is it going to change the way I order things from Amazon? Fuck no! Like Amazon is so convenient. <laughs> like, like, and I've saved a significant amount. Of, like, I think Red Dead Redemption Two might be the first game that I paid full price for this year because everything else I paid a fifty dollars pre-order from Amazon. Like, um, so the amount of money I saved, it's hard to be too mad at them. But that day I was so mad because why do you wait? Like, you're going to be shady. You're going to do that. Like, companies are shady and it sucks. But, like, why not let me know, like, two days before? Or, like, so I could, you know, go wait in line at Best Buy at 9 p.m. on Thursday. Or so I could grab it from the Xbox store earlier and preload it or something like that. Like, why do you choose to send that out on the morning that the game was supposed to deliver? So, at that point, you're stuck. Like, like that, you know, you're not playing it that day, basically, because everywhere's sold out. And then the expert, like, you did you want to get it digitally? You're looking at a several hour install time or whatever. Like, I don't know, it just was pretty shitty. Um, and especially like, like if you want to change your policies and practices, that's great. But the like, like to not honor that and to totally like be full of shit about that pro, like about that as well. Like to be like, oh, there's just a delay, we didn't get them, but then ship it to anybody that paid the full price for it, like. I don't know it all seems pretty shady um yeah there's like 300 people on the reddit thread that have all (laughs) like apparently all complained to uh to the competition bureau so it'll be interesting it'll be interesting to see if anything happens but uh yeah yeah people chatting in they get a five dollar discount on their next order so you know so it's all good
1: yeah stop buying games on amazon guys
2: yeah i mean at that point it's like i like i i think that i will keep whatever other pre-orders i have on amazon but at with after something like that i don't think i would it's like especially when it's like you know i usually get them on release date there's been a couple that have been a day later so but it's always like it'll arrive by 8 p.m so it's like a huge window of when that it's going to come in whereas at that point you know now that they've gotten rid of any of the prime benefits for gaming why would i order it online when i could go pick it up from a store the night before or the morning of or something like that and for sure get it at the specific time i want it rather than having to wait all day for it to come
0: yeah i don't know (laughs) that's nice that that supports Shane's argument of never pre-order anything yep. ever. He's not wrong. <laughs> None. Like who cares about the discounts or the <laughs> everything? Never pre-order. They were
2: significant. That was like a $35 discount though. That was significant. But then you ended yeah. up
3: not even getting it at that yeah. point. So. Uh,
2: no, I didn't. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, I don't know. It was pretty bullshit. So it'll be interesting to see if anything happens or if anything comes from You know, if the competition bureau is like, oh, yeah, that was shady. You shouldn't have done that. Like what? You know, does it, What does it do for the consumer? Nothing, really. Um, yeah, I don't know. Great game, though. Good game. <laughs> yeah, how about news for you guys?
0: Um, for me, really, just the Smash Direct that they just announced. And it'll probably be revealing the rest of the roster, or, it, or at least most of it. So we'll find out if a lot of these leaks that have been popping up are, have any merit. Mm-hmm. Um, the Ruby Amity Arena game came out from friend of the show, Carlos Lopez's company um i did a preview of it back at e3 it was a lot of fun like a little tower uh defense game with the ruby characters so i haven't had a chance to download the full one yet but as soon as i make space for my phone i will and then uh two as we touched on earlier 2B from near automata got announced as a playable character in soul Calibur 6 who's going to be the first like official dlc character aside from tira who is also like a I i think she was like a digital pre-order bonus outside of the season pass but It'll be interesting to see. I think there's two more characters unannounced on the season pass. So it'll be interesting to see if we get any of the mini missing characters that I was alluding to earlier, or if most of the season pass is going to be guest characters from other franchises, Mm -hmm. but I'm happy to see Tubi. She makes a lot more sense than Negan does. Although I feel like Negan would work better in Soul Calibur than in Tekken. But that's (laughs) beside the point. And then, yeah, aside from those... Looking at the news list, I think that's pretty much it. I mean, I'm pretty excited about Battlefield One coming to Xbox Live backwards compatibility, but that's about all I have to say about that one. And yeah, about about Battlefield One. What was that? What did
2: you say about backwards compatibility?
0: Uh, That Battlefield One is going to be one of the games that's going to be. Not backwards compatible, I'm sorry, added to games with gold, oh next it, month. yes, uh also, this
2: is not gonna work for the people that are listening, but today, as of today's the last day, the premium pass for Battlefield One is free, which included all of the DLC and everything like that. so if you're looking forward to getting Battlefield One on games with gold, you should go to the Xbox store right now and make sure you get the premium pass
1: right now as in yesterday, right uh,
2: I did it today today as in October thirtieth,
1: so when this goes up tomorrow. Hopefully they'll get it. Yes,
2: but Josh can get it. Yes, Josh can benefit.
1: Yes. Do it right
2: Um, now. How about you guys? Anything else news-wise?
1: For me, Fortnite's on almost half the Switch consoles. That's pretty cool, I guess. It's crazy. That's huge market saturation. Thanks for the burgers. Thanks for the burgers, guys. You're the best. Uh, Smash Direct on Thursday morning. I think it's in the morning. Josh, did you have a timestamp for that?
0: Uh, 7 Pacific, I believe. 7 a.m.? Yes
1: sweet i will wake up early for it uh the new call of cthulhu games uh out now uh it's getting good to middling reviews which sounds about right for a game of this double a status um if you like call of cthulhu and like mystery games i think it looks creepy as fuck yeah it does Uh, apparently it's like a little janky um but again it's it's like a double a game so i'm not expecting the world um i'm excited for it i'll be picking it up probably after halloween and I think the only other thing that I wanted to mention was, um, it was noted on windowscentral.com that Microsoft has been doing some prototyping about connecting Xbox controllers to mobile devices. Uh, and they look like they just latch on to the edges of like your phone or your tablet. Um, and they're like separate left and right hand, almost like the Joy-Con, um, but it looks like they've got a like, clamp Yeah, it looks pretty awesome. Um, that'd be really cool. Works with like X Cloud games. Um, if and when those become a thing. I'm so
2: excited for XCloud.
1: Yeah, I think it'll be really neat. I'd, I'd love to be able to to play that on my mobile device. Um, mm-hmm. And if I hack my Switch, maybe on that too.
2: Yep. Why not, yep. right?
1: Why not? That's it for me, though.
2: Courtney, anything else?
3: Uh, MIT had a, created a game that launches tomorrow, and basically it's like a crowdsourced control-a-person game. So they have an actor they've hired who is going to be walking around and doing everything that people online tell them to do. Now there is like some um, rules, like they can't do anything that'll be illegal or that will put the actor in harm. But other than that, like people pretty much are going to get to tell this character what to do. It's almost like those, um, those Twitch things where people play a game all together on Twitch, but it's with an actual human being. So it's a little fucking creepy. Twitch plays human. Twitch plays people. No, thank you.
2: So it was kind of (laughs) creepy and
3: weird. I thought
2: it sounds pretty interesting
3: um it wasn't what i thought it was before because i thought when i first saw the headline i saw mit and i was like mit controlling a person and i was like so you are gonna get like a one-to-one connection with a being and then you get to tell them what to do and like do they get choices in what they're doing or do they have to have to do what you're telling them to Mm -hmm. so i don't know still fucking creepy (laughs) (laughs) this is my least favorite time of year i'm not gonna lie
2: it's almost over
3: Ugh, almost almost done
2: don't worry make it uh was that the was that the only one
3: that was all i got
2: all right let's move on so uh mission objective that was a lot of cool news but mission objective um if your smoke detector is low on batteries <laughs> and there's a and there's a fire does
0: it work no. it's, a good, it's a good thing my gas is it's a good thing are gas you sure is off. like is the last is it the lat? I also have no electricity. am pedaling <laughs> on a bike as speak Like, is it the pel- la- is <laughs> oh,
1: Like, is the
2: last a bit? Is the last bit of electricity in the smoke detector just to tell you that the battery's low?
1: I think that's a valid use of that battery power.
2: Yeah, I just like, would it beep if there was smoke? How I don't long know.
3: has that thing been beeping for? I feel like we've talked about this a while ago. No one knows. <laughs> that was a question for gone. you,
0: Josh. What was that? Sorry.
3: How long has that thing been beeping? How many like months?
0: Probably about a decade. <laughs>
1: Dude, do I have to ship you a battery? I will.
0: Uh, see, that's why you can't oh, trust Amazon smoke detectors because battery. you can't trust smoke detectors because if it's been beeping to alert me that it has low battery for 10 years, then how low was the
1: battery really? Under <laughs> 50%? Better start beeping. That's true.
2: It's a, yeah. Um, the, so the real mission objective, I think we do this every Halloween, but it is also Halloween. Uh, what is your favorite scary game, Jake? You start.
1: Uh, I'm not hugely big on scary games, uh, but definitely Alien: Isolation.
2: Oh shit, that one's good.
1: Yep, a lot of a lot of value for for your money. It's got a built-in VR mode. Uh, it's got some like side story missions where you get to play as like characters from Alien. Uh, as far as like scary game, you know, bang for buck goes, that's got to be it.
2: Yep, that's a good one.
3: It's also on sale right now on Steam for 11.50 US. It's
2: worth every Do penny I- of that is so good. No,
3: thank you. I don't think so. I, I like think sleeping. Courtney
2: should play it.
1: A- no. Apparently Creative Assembly is working on another FPS game, so maybe I read we're that. getting a sequel.
2: Probably not. Probably but, not. But maybe. But whatever it is, it'll be good because that was that shit was great. Yep. Uh Courtney, how about you?
3: Um, I'm gonna go with Oxen Free. Okay. Um, I know it's not it's kind of a horror game, isn't it? I don't know what it's uh, under. It's creepy.
2: It's definitely creepy. I don't think it would be considered horror, but it's I was
3: uncomfortable playing it
2: yeah in my home it's spooky uh,
3: and yeah and it's only five dollars on steam so if you don't and have it's worth it definitely for five dollars uh, uh phen-
2: phenomenal music in that game
3: amazing music yeah. uh cool perspective definitely super fucking creepy so yeah Ooh. i
2: loved oxen free uh oxen free is also available for seven dollars canadian on phone and Ooh. it's perfect game for phone i think too like it's not like controls are pretty easy um story-wise it's just great but you should play oxen free
0: whoever you are uh josh how about you um i'm pretty sure i've gave this answer before uh but it's not the scariest game but it's still my favorite which is clock tower 3 on the ps2 Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. i never unfortunately played its spiritual sequel haunting ground even though they actually just had a Haunting Ground costume come out for Street Fighter Five, so that was kind of surprising <laughs> really? for like the five people who know what that game is or who who played it.
2: That's a pretty interesting but, DLC release. Yeah,
0: but uh, <laughs> like Clock Tower Three, I know it was nothing like Clock Towers One or Two, really. Um, but it pretty much combined Resident Evil with the premise of the original Clock Tower games, where in the original ones it was usually just like one killer or monster chasing you through the whole game, and you're pretty much yeah. defenseless until key points of the game uh and then capcom bought the franchise and they put a uh, resident evil style like camera angle and control scheme on it but mm-hmm. you bla- you mm-hmm. basically play it as this girl who is investigating uh the, some mysteries in her family and it takes you to this haunted house where this one guy is chasing you through the whole game it's not like resident evil where there's monsters everywhere it's literally just you and one guy and every once in a while you'll f- come across a ghost who can't hurt you but if they touch you they freeze you for a little bit so they'll stop you when you're trying to run away from the serial killers Mm, mm -hmm. and it's like every stage it's like you have to solve a murder that that killer committed and once you do you get the power to fight him. which at which point you go into a boss fight where you can finally fight back oh that's pretty cool yeah and so and i think there's like five stages to it but it was a really cool unique game and i thought that the tension aspect of it was really well done because the most you could do was temporarily stun them, but you couldn't hurt them until you got to that boss fight at the end. And so it was yeah. like, you were literally just running away from them the whole time. And it had an interesting twist on like a health meter. Like instead of having an actual health meter, it was like the more you came across scary, either like scary objects or parts of the environment, or if you came into contact with ghosts or if the killer attacked you, like you automatically dodge their attacks but the more you get attacked the higher your fear goes up and then eventually when right. your fear gets to a maximum then your control gets gets your character gets hard to control and she starts panicking she'll start sp- uncontrollably sprinting and you ha- kind of have to like guide her but she doesn't always run the way that you're trying to cuz she's in such a panic and when you're in that state of panic is when any one hit from the boss will instantly kill you So it's like, it's kind of like a health bar since it does gradually increase until you're at that maximum state, but it integrates the character's fear into their decision making. And that's like, they become more irrational, the more scared they are. Mm -hmm. And that's the point where they can finally kill you. So it's kind of cool. I don't think it's ever been re-released on any like virtual console or like PlayStation store listings, which is unfortunate. So as far as I know, the only way to play it is to... Track down a PS2 copy Jeez. and throw it in, yeah. but it's worth playing. Does,
2: and does Capcom does Capcom still own the license for it uh, as well? I
0: believe so because they'll actually. I'm not completely sure because, like I said, they made like a spiritual sequel called Haunting Ground, and every once in a while, like with right, the Street Fighter yeah, yeah. costume, they'll reference it. But I don't remember them ever referencing yeah. Clock Tower itself anymore after that. Okay, so, so yeah. that might be part of the reason.
2: Oh, that makes sense. All right, um, for myself, uh, my favorite horror game of all time uh would have to be silent hill 2 and i think i've talked about it m- a number of times on the podcast oh, but good, just in terms of say the- something <laughs> uh, just in terms of the like the story was just so unsettling and just the the constant fear of like like you're just so surrounded by fog and your visibility is zero and the constant fear of like what what am i walking towards what is in front of me um and things like the sound design and stuff like that i think were pretty unparalleled at the time um It's a, it's one of those games where it, like, I think it really does stand the test of time as well. So at this point, like, I mean, if you play it now, it is, it's clunky and everything like that, but it is still legitimately terrifying. Um, that said, so that's my favorite horror game. That said, I think that the scariest horror game that I've played is, uh, probably Resident Evil seven specifically in the VR modes. Um. It's I honestly have not played the game for a year because I like it's it's I feel like I set up the headset, I'll play for fifteen minutes and I'll be like, fuck this, I can't like I just can't play this. Uh it is that scary and the VR adds so much to that and they did such a good job on that. Um uh I feel and then I feel like honorable mention, Fatal Frame 2, because that was a cool concept and that was a great version of that game. That was I played that I think it was two thousand and one-ish or whenever it came out. Um, and it's one of the few horror games that uh, I like. The, I jumped so hard the controller flew out of my hand. <laughs> and that's a good sign. Uh,
0: uh, yeah. But I always with, appreciated the dog ending in Silent Hill
2: 2. I, I don't remember that. I don't think I've ever got the dog ending. I don't remember the endings I did get, actually. That is one of the few games I've replayed th- all the way through as well, though. Um, but yeah, I think with that, we should wrap things up uh, before we... Share our information bit.ly slash geekscape games giveaway is where you can enter for all of the sweet stuff we're giving away right now. Uh, also head over to geekscape.net for more podcasts, of course, but also I put some pretty big impressions of Fallout 76 on there. So if you are curious or were wary about the game, maybe that'll alleviate some of that, or maybe it'll make you even more worried, you know. I don't know. Um, but uh, where can we find you guys?
0: Uh, you can find me on all gaming platforms and social media at enujoshua. (laughs) <laughs> can
2: you, is there anyone else here anyone
0: else
3: uh you can find me on twitter at ak geeky girl and everywhere else as geeky girl ak
1: at jake Skelter,
2: and i'm at D dcrannevelt on twitter and i am captain k17 across gaming platforms uh and that was level 176 and we'll see you next week bye bye everybody bye. Bye. Listening
1: to the Geekscape Network. Hey, do you guys like horror movies? I do. I do. Do they always have to be good movies? No way. I prefer them to be crap, personally. <laughs> well, then you guys are in luck because Horror Movie Night is your expert podcast on both horror movies, good, bad, and gooey. It's just a show of three friends, brother, yeah, two brothers and a
2: friend. I, I think you would call. It, but we're also we're all friends here. You know, we're friends. We we're around. all friends here. Yeah. We're yeah. friends around,
1: but we. <laughs> We talk about we talk about movies, but we normally don't actually talk about movies, which is kind of weird. <laughs> it, it's a weird dynamic. You have to really listen to understand it. But we put together a show every Friday morning. You can find our show HMNpodcast.com. Podcast.com. Uh, we're part of the Beatscape Network. We are, you know, we're good guys. Just check us out. We're good, silly guys. We're, we're fun. Please like me. Please. <laughs> That's pretty Please. much the impetus of everything we do is to be accepted. We want to yeah. be loved. HMM HMMpodcast.com.